Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>talking about movies with capes episode 101 i'm casey ryan and i'm todd panic and, and we, we watched, watched buffy the vampire slayer but oh, wait oh the movie oh that makes it so much better thank god we were watching the entire series of buffy and then trying to do a <laughs> recap of it because god damn it uh if was that an option because i was not aware that that was an option i i might have was that on the uh, table was that uh, ever on the table no that was not it was not on the table um so uh guys gals non-binary pals you may recognize a new uh, not a new voice but a familiar voice our uh nerd debate four what did i what did we call that one (laughs) the revenge nerd debate the revenge the, the revenge. revenge. That's right. um, we have with us Colin Ryan. Hey, Yay. everybody. Um, Colin, I have questions. Yeah. First of all, what did we do to piss you off? You didn't do yeah. anything. <laughs> you know, my contention has always been <laughs> that that Buffy has got to be considered a superhero, and so this has to be a superhero movie. Okay. Well. Wait to the end okay, for you sure. to give a little more information yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. But okay. Right and, then, now, uh, and then I'll respond to that dumb, dumb, <laughs> dumb statement. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, wait, am I tipping my hand? Sorry. Sorry. All right. <laughs> um, so before we do anything, guys. Of course. Since we are. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? So I am very excited for tonight's beer. Uh, Colin, obviously, uh, you've. Yo, you're not oh, with us. Uh, I've got a home team. Physically, don't worry. But you got a home team? Okay, good. Uh, so do we. <laughs> Casey and I are drinking the beer that we wanted to drink for our 100th episode. Uh, 100th episode, close of the fifth season, Batman Beyond, our first live streamed episode. Um, 
had a really exciting plan. Our dear friends at Branching Out Bottle Shop here in Township 5 in, in uh, Camillus, New York, uh, were doing a beer collaboration with a local brewing company, Willow Rock Brewing Company. Uh, if you're in Syracuse, they're down on kind of the southeast side of the city there. Uh, Willow Rock prides itself on making the best local craft beer it can. Using fresh ingredients and a tested approach, they brew a variety of beers wider than this great green state. From Congress, their American Lager, to Jim, their Brown Ale, Mr. Zero, their Hazy IPA, and everything in between, they keep an award-winning selection of beers on tap year-round so there's no FOMO there. You always get their best. Uh, Super excited. Uh, Joel and Chris had been telling us about this beer collaboration with Willow Rock. Unfortunately, it was not ready in time for episode 100, but it is ready now. They have a keg that they have not yet tapped, and they still have the cans of beer at Branching Out. There's a couple other places where you might find it on tap uh, or available, but if you're in the greater Syracuse, New York area, you're listening to this episode, and you want to enjoy this beer with us, head over to Branching Out and pick yourself up a four-pack or so of Aardvark, their Session West Coast IPA. It's a Session beer, 3.7% ABV, totally crushable, and you'll barely feel it. So uh, I am so excited to drink this. You know, I was thinking, Casey, we might actually need to maybe tweet something out ahead of this episode, because I feel like this beer is kind of a special occasion. We talk about... Get out of my brain. Yeah, right. Exactly. But um, (laughs) you are not going to find a better beer selection than you will at Branching Out Bottle Shop. So excited for our buddies over there to uh, do this great collaboration. I can't wait to drink this beer. We had some health issues in the team here, so we've been delayed a couple weeks. Mm. This beer has been sitting in the fridge for weeks, Mm. just taunting Mm -hmm. me and teasing me. So uh, I'm excited to drink that. But before we do, Colin, what do you got from your home team? Well, yeah, as I am here in northern New Jersey, uh, I always like to try and get something a little local. And I managed to get something that is both local and, I think, excitingly on theme for this evening's film. So this is from uh, New Jersey Beer Company, which is... I don't think I've had them on here before. They're, I don't think so. No. no. Uh, do you guys get them up there, NJ Beer Company? The, it sounds so. familiar to me. They're out of North Bergen, uh, so which is near I where I... I have definitely u- seen their beers. Near where I used to live uh, in Hoboken, up in that area of uh, Jersey, but still not very far from me here. And what I have here is their Blood Orange <laughs> IPA. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So a little a little Blood Orange LBIPA. It's the LBIPA, the Long Beach nice. Island IPA. So let's see how this... All right. Oh, I well, cannot wait. That was awesome Foley work from all three of us. Yeah. Yep. Oh, look at I... that. It is like orange. Yeah, I love a citrus IPA. Well, yeah. I think so. I think this is sort of a a northeastern, like a, a New England style IPA. So it's already aiming citrus. Here's what they say: We took this traditional crisp, smooth citrus forward LB IPA and added a heaping dose of blood orange to the mix. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look for that one because that sounds delicious. Yeah, Joel and Carissa, get it in the shop. Yeah, please, all gentlemen. Right. Cheers. 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 Ooh. And a special cheers to you. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, and you know I love a session IPA because I like to have a few. Fucking crushable, boy! Big yeah. taste. Oh, that's good stuff. I'll just have a few at six point six. 
<laughs> I do want to point out, uh, did you look at what's on the skateboard on the on the label in the center? An aardvark? The aardvark? No. The right box? in the center of the of the actual skateboard. Um, underneath the wheels. Underneath the wheels. Is that a shark? No, what the hell is that? That's a barley. <gasps> it's a barley. It's a barley. Oh, it's going that way. It's the barley, <laughs> it's barley. sticker we got. The, oh. Let me see if I can get it up there for you, Colin. Oh. No. No, it's not going Yeah, work. right in. Yeah. But bar, oh, how you've cool. met Barley. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, Best yeah. shop dog in the world. So, Joel, Carissa, Barley, Willow Rock, great job on the collaboration. Delicious beer. Well done. Uh, and if you're here in the greater Syracuse, New York area, head over and get it before they run out. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the, I'm assuming this will be a one one and done? Uh, maybe. I know they, they've done a prior collaboration. I'm not sure if it was Willow, Willow Rock called Sky Raisins. And again, <laughs> but that went so fast, we didn't have time to right. um, use it for anything. So um, I actually checked with them just a few hours ago before we recorded to make sure that they would have some in a couple weeks when this drops. So, Gotcha. Right. Colin, Sky Raisins are what barley chases in the shop. Yeah. You see him popping up behind the... <laughs> he pops up behind the thing, and they just say, it's Sky Raisins. <laughs> okay. He's a wonderfully goofy dog. Reshoots. All right. Hey, uh, we got a reshoot. Um, we do. That, that uh, just from... I'll, I'll, I'll explain, but it, it felt a little aggressive. <laughs> Uh, so this comes from a, f- a friend of mine who uh, uh, I met through th- the friend group that you know, Casey, but you haven't met this individual yet. Not going to use his real name because uh, online um, he's a big gamer, got a lot of uh, like tabletop uh, role playing games. I really thought you were well. going to say big game hunter. I was going to be like, yeah. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems yeah, immoral. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, great guy. Um, Heavy into role-playing games, also board games. Um, got an amazing collection of board games. Good guy. You can find his Instagram, which has all kinds of kind of cool geeky stuff, uh, with his handle, which I just want to confirm well, before I say this. And I'm going to... I'm going to attempt the name and I'm going to get it wrong. So I, you know, I'll, let me own that right now. As long as you're going to do it and get it wrong, because I was going to do it and also get it wrong. Yes. Uh, so the name, I think it's Rod Wolf Warden, and that is H R O D W U L F W O E R D E N on Instagram. Um, paints minis, he's got some really cool stuff. Um, and check him out. So, uh, good guy, smart guy. So, uh, go ahead and give us the uh, reshoot. So the reshoot was titled "The Dutch Angle." <laughs> Something we have also covered on oh, the podcast. Colin, yes. and I have uh, the "Where No Mom Has Gone Before." I think don't Dutch angles date all the way back to your first episode? Yes, uh, yes. Batman the movie sixty so six. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it says. It looks like he pulled this from Wikipedia. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, the name is a corruption of Deutsch, German for German, which refers to the origin of the technique, not the pejorative sense Dutch, originating from the 17th century rivals. Now, here's where it gets aggressive. He then (laughs) copied and pasted that two more times. (laughs) I'm like, what did I? I'm sorry. So it might have been a fat finger. I'm did, now, I, I think that's what it was. I remember, I, I remember the reference. This is, is so serendip- serendipitous because I feel like I was here for this conversation about the origin of this, right? 
<laughs> so what happened was, and maybe it was on Nerd Debate. It was on Where No Mom. Yeah. It was on Where oh. No Mom that we talked oh. about. Oh, mm-hmm. but but on our on ours, I made a reference to Dutch Angle, and you chastised me, Casey, that that was an offensive term. Because of the conversation we had on Where No Mom. Got it, got it. And uh, in reality, so what I just heard from what you read is I can keep calling it a Dutch angle. So so it would be Deutsch angle. God, you're like one of those people who's like, if they could say the N-word, I can say the N-word. <laughs> um, uh, hold on. <laughs> before, I, before I riff on that joke, let me say no. Uh, but I'm assuming. Uh, well, no, oh, we were, how we're I wish we time. were doing video because you were just like. Whoa! <laughs> so, so would it be then like from like German cinema, Fritz Lang, things like that? Yeah, that's what and German that's expressionism. Kind of what we, I think this is going to be one of those things that just feels like it is because of the whole going Dutch and all those other pejoratives that they used for the Dutch people. Mm. Um, I don't know. Use it if you want to. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> so I'm happy then to know that it's not racist, and I'm going to keep using it, unlike the man who thought he, w- I assume a man, unlike the person who thought they were smart enough to come at Neil Gaiman uh, with the tweet, distinguished Neil Gaiman, I have to ask, I am not absolutely racist. My dear cousins are black. Why did you choose for Death and Delirium and also Lucifer actresses so different and even ugly compared to those of the superb graphic novel? To be precise, I would not have appreciated Death even if it had been blonde and blue-eyed. Did you su- did you too succumb to the now ubiquitous politically correct? And Neil Gaiman, fire as he always is, responded on Twitter, uh, said the person's name, well, we cast the actress who played Delirium purely to upset you, we found out what sort of person you didn't like and just went for it. The others were cast on the basis of talent. <laughs> 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 I don't. am not I'm not that witty, but I like to that's what I'm aspiring to. <laughs> but the cesspool that is Twitter is getting so bad. Wait, the whole I, um, not when you got somebody like Neil Gaiman on there like throwing elbows like Yeah, but is, to to come is Delirium in, in the eleventh episode? I haven't watched the, the, the bonus episode. No spoilers. Uh, no, I haven't Delirium, watched the first episode. Delirium is in it passingly in a reference uh, with um, Desire. Yeah, she only got name checked in the very, very end of the, uh, of she, the season she showed, proper. Uh, she shows up um, very quickly. Oh, okay. I want to make sure cool. I'm not talking out of my ass here, which I have been known to do. You? Uh Yes. So, oh wait. Well, now I'm. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of despair. I'm sorry. Despair. Yeah. Despair yeah, is I in remember. that passing yeah. conversation with uh, with desire. Yes. Yeah. No. There's speculation on um, delirium. Oh wait, is that correct? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, uh, listen. I believe this is what... where you're going to put my wife going. Move it along, guys. The the upshot here is. Fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's that's like right. the guys who, who, um, when they announced, when the Hollywood Reporter announced that the Captain America 4 would star Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson and all but called him Captain America. Like, he won't be Falcon. And I'm like, it literally was announced at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The yeah. title card changed to Captain America 
and the Winter Soldier. And people are like, well, he's not really, doesn't have Super Soldier Serum. Chris Evans joined the chat and went, Sam Wilson is Captain America. And people tried to correct him. And people are like, are you correcting the guy who would know firsthand who the Captain America is? Yep. You cannot, you cannot reason a person out of a conviction by which they did not arrive via reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> you know, like anyways. Just... Anyway, on that, um, it's almost as if uh, we don't want to talk about this movie. Or I, one of us do, I do want to talk about <laughs> this movie. I'm sorry, Colin, you're breaking up. I can't uh, hear you. Well, well, that's all. I don't have Thanks, folks. <laughs> so, wait, look. So, now, Casey, you said you, you guys just rewatched today, right? Now, Todd, yes. had you seen this before? I have seen it before. I remember mm. when it came out. I remember being underwhelmed when it came out. And mm. then when they announced the TV series, I remember thinking, Oh, do we need a TV series of that? Yes. Yes, we do. I just so. didn't know it. Yeah. Now, Casey, you've never seen the show, right? This is correct. <gasps> Wait. Yeah, he's never. Yeah, I know, Todd. I know. Oh. So then, you know what? I'm glad you. I'm glad we did this only so that uh, you can now go watch the show yeah. and see what. I mean, are we going to talk about Joss Whedon now, or to what extent do we want to talk about it? Well, we Before, can't not we've... talk about him, right? Because he's... Yeah, he's the elephant in the room. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, before we get into that, my feelings on the movie, sometimes I theme the shirt that I'm wearing mm-hmm. with the movie that we're doing. If you notice w- what's oh, right here. it's a little sunrise. It's a big sunset. old sunrise to kill all the fucking vampires in this movie. <laughs> uh, so, Joss Whedon is a walking human garbage pile. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's where I'm going to start. Yeah, he okay. has done interviews for this movie. Saying that Rudger Howard and Donald Sutherland are two of the rudest people he's ever met. I'm like, well, <laughs> you're the constant in both of those. And now we know who you are. It's Rudger Howard and fucking Donald Sutherland. And you were like, well, how old was he when he wrote this script? 23? No. Yeah, well, not, let's yeah. not appeal to authority, though. Just because they are well-established in this careers doesn't mean that they can't also be assholes. Yeah, like, right? that's I don't, the thing. But I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about Donald Sutherland. Okay. Uh, All right. I mean, here's right. here's yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> Stipulated Joss Whedon is probably not a good dude. He's, like, obviously not a good dude. Yeah. That yeah, doesn't yeah. mean other people didn't make mistakes that, made, that compromised this movie sure. and or weren't jackasses so oh i i mean it's uh, he did not mean for this to be such a schlocky campy story well here's the problem with the movie i think and uh, i I did not make i did not push for this we're already going there well i didn't push for this movie (laughs) to be clear because i think it's a great movie i think it's a more interesting movie with 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 some moments than i think you guys seem to and I would I'm really interested to talk about like what we think its reputation would be if they'd never made the series. If it would be oh. a little more of a cult oddity that people had affection for, if somebody hadn't come along so if, if Joss Whedon, just to give the devil his due, had not sure. come along and showed how much better this idea could work. Mm-hmm. But the problem with the movie is it's is not that it's campy. It's that it's not it's, campy that, enough. <sighs> And it's not that it's uh, serious; pro- it's that it's not serious enough. It just it, it the tone does not hang together, you know. And even actor to actor, like oh Christ, the yeah. scenes with Luke Perry and Christy Swanson—they're in two totally different fucking films. Yeah. If, if everybody is on the TV show, and Christy Swanson is in this campy movie, like Luke Perry is doing a subtle, goofy performance. Mm-hmm. 
which I, you know, I don't know if it's the fact that he has passed since this movie, but I, I looked at his performance in a much kinder and I'm like, you're doing some funny stuff in this movie. Oh, if the movie ran with the joke that he is so unflappable that he literally barely is bothered by his friend showing up with giant fangs sticking out of his face, floating a hundred feet. Man. Hanging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he was just like, he's such a, if he, if he was Fran Kranz's character from Tokyo pop. No, from oh. uh, cabin in the woods, right. Where he's such a kind of burnout oh, that he's yes. just, he just rolls with fucking everything. Like, Oh, maybe the on. wind opened it. Vampires, that makes man, sense. How? you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I think he seems like he's probably having. This. So the film was shot very fast. I forget what it was. Like five, five weeks. Five weeks because he had to because get back to nine hundred two and zero. Nine hundred two and zero. This movie is was, really almost like a time capsule of what I think if <laughs> if things had been commercially more successful could have been like the nineties Brat Pack, right? But you've got Luke Perry who had started in nine hundred two and zero. Two years, pr- so this comes out in '92. Yeah, 90210 premieres in 1990. Hillary Swank also. Uh, this was her first thing. This was her first thing, and then yeah, uh, had she been on 90210? No, nope. this was this? literally her first thing. Okay, so okay, so then she does 90210 after this. Um, mm-hmm. You've got, uh, and then is the next Karate Kid. How dare you? Yeah, Lord. Uh, <laughs> Hillary Swank had been, had done. She'd been in Hot Shots. Um, Christy Swanson, you mean? Chris, oh yeah, sorry, Christy Swanson. Um, David Arquette will will break big a couple of years later and scream in '96. But this, you know, is almost a brat pack. Yeah, uh, I had a theory. I had a theory today, Colin, and I'm wondering if, and if so, I will totally get it. I don't think this is a great movie, but I can understand <laughs> why you might like it as a movie. Is this a nostalgia like where you were in your life when this movie came out? See, I don't think I, I probably didn't see the movie until after I'd seen the TV series. Really? Okay. Yeah, oh, I, okay. I, I definitely oh, wow. saw the movie I, before I, the I TV series. I could be wrong there, but I certainly had no attachment to it. Oh, okay. Now, I, having said that, I did feel an enormous comfort watching the 1992 of it all, just because somewhere in my brain, it's still 1992. Sure. What are you talking about? 1992 was 10 years ago. I mean, <laughs> well, it's the year, year I started high school. Uh, so bragging, yeah, and uh, and and yeah, just all the the mise en scene, right? The 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 clothes, the look, just. I mean, we talked a little bit about this, Casey. I think when we watched, I feel like maybe when it was when we watched First Contact on Where No Mom Has Gone Before, our other yep. podcast here on the Night Shift Radio Network. Um, <laughs> it that like. There was like an enormous comfort food of being like an action movie from 1996. It just mm-hmm. feels like that's what movies are supposed to look like. <laughs> you feel like you're supposed and, to have yeah. a little CGI and a lot of practical, and that's what a you know that's how movies are lit and cut and everything. Like, so wait, do we want to talk about First Contact again? Because I'd be very happy to do that. <laughs> funnily enough, funnily enough, the filmmaking does not feel like 1992, even though it looks so much like it. The filmmaking is feels like late 80s. Um, horror, Oof, movie. Uh, late eighties horror movie. Like the problem with this movie is the directing, right? Yeah, yeah, so one hundred percent. You know, I think we you you both mentioned earlier the reference to actors in two different movies and you know shifting mm-hmm. tones and that one thing or the other. I think this quote, which is on the Wikipedia page for the the Buffy the TV series, mm. um, yeah. So, and I think this 
breaks down the essential conflict of this film. So Fran Fran Rubel Kuzai is the director. Prior to this, she had written and directed Tokyo Pop. After this, she doesn't really do anything. She's attached as a producer to the Buffy TV series, but that's strictly contractual. Yeah, contractual, right? Um, She had been a, I think, a script supervisor for a number of years before she breaks with Tokyo Pop and then does this. Um, She directs it. Obviously, Joss Whedon writes it. So here's the quote. The director, Fran Rubel, because I saw it as a, quote, pop culture comedy about what people think about vampires, end quote. Whedon disagreed. He said, I had written this scary film about an empowered woman, and they turned it into a broad comedy. It was crushing. The article then says the script was praised within the industry, but the movie was not. And for me... That's the end of the podcast, folks. That's right. Like you well, got so this essential here's cross my, here's, wires. Here's the only thing. Show me the original script then. Oh. Show me this hard ass script. So there is a comic, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the origin, which yep. which is a retelling of his original script with an attempt to be in using character likenesses from the TV series, an attempt to be kind of in uh, continuity with the show. Yeah. So does Merrick show-, show up? Yes. And the wow. show actually that opens I would, up. That I would read. That the I show would opens read. up, and it's the the massacre at the dance has already happened. It's never seen. It's talked about, and I, I love that. And she, remember, and, and, but it's different because she says she burned down the gym. Yeah. Why? Yeah, well, it was so full of vampires. The, here's some of the things, the original script. Here are the things that the studio thought was too dark, and they changed. Okay. Um, and and I, now I'm reading from the film entry for Buffy the Vampire Slayer on Wikipedia. Many okay. of the details given in the film differ from those of the later TV series. For example, Buffy's age and history are dissimilar. She's a high school senior in the film, but the series starts with her as a sophomore. The film does portray bu- who the Buffy of the TV series was before she learned of her destiny as the Slayer, a popular but selfish and superficial cheerleader. In the film, her parents are wealthy but negligent socialites who care little for her and spend their time at parties and golf tournaments. In the TV series, she has a caring, newly divorced mother named Joyce. The supernatural abilities of both vampires and the Slayer are depicted differently. The vampires in the film die like humans. In the TV series, they turn to dust. Unlike the TV series, their faces remain human, albeit pale, fanged, and with notched ears, whereas in the TV series, they take on a demonic aspect, especially when newly raised. TV series suggests that new vampires must consciously learn to maintain a human appearance. Um, And There was a later reference I also saw. There was a, uh, let's see, I think it's Merrick is dies by suicide instead of by yeah. uh, being killed by Lothos. Uh, she burns down the gym to, so it's, a, and there were a lot of jokes that were much darker in tone. I mean, so, I think uh, some of those changes are probably the kind of changes you make when you want to make a TV series. Like you set somebody back to sophomore year so you can spend more time in high school. Yes. You, you, you make them va- make the vampires dust. So you don't have to go week to week being like, and here's Bob, my friend who cleans up the bodies, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. and, and same with the like the demon vampire face. And you can have the ability for somebody to be not immediately recognized as a vampire, more plot opportunities on sure. an ongoing show. But, yeah, I mean, I here's my thing. We've so we Todd and I, the lucky ones, and those of you yeah. who have seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which all of Whedon's failings aside, and we should say that as much as he's associated with it, that, you know, he's not sole author of that. There are a lot of other people right. who, whose work made that a great show. Um, it, so it's like George Lucas? Yeah. Um, it's, yes. 
Except he didn't ruin it by his involvement. <laughs> uh, the prequels have entered the chat. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote and directed and produced the prequels. He ruined Star Wars all yeah, on his own. No, no. I'm saying Whedon didn't oh. ruin Buffy for his <laughs> okay. involvement. Yes. I was like, wait Sorry. a minute. Hang on. George I'm, 100% ruined Star <laughs> I agree. Wars. Yeah, Look. I agree. And, Buffy, and Dave Filoni saved it. Not all of the Buffy series holds up in, in retrospect. And I think sure. some of that, a lot of that has to do with things we now know about Whedon and, and some of his particularities. Setting all that aside... You know, what you just read, the idea of it being a darker tale about an, uh, a dark, scary tale about an empowered woman. I mean, writ large, that's the series, though. There's gr- lots of great comedy and things on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, writ large, that's the series. And we see that that works. I contend that there is a possibility that that a very camp version of this could also have worked as a movie. Oof. Right? But it doesn't commit to it. If everybody in this movie was in the same movie that Steven Root and Paul Rubens are in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Then this would, the this movie might work really well. And the high school coach or the basketball coach? Oh, the, ba- <laughs> the guy, the guy oh. with, with what's his face, the Laker coach's hair. Yeah. And then just Riley. like all the yeah. self actualized stuff. That's a very yeah. funny runner. There's a lot of funny jokes in this movie. The- there are, you know, okay, so I feel like uh, let's. The plot is dog shit, but there's a lot of yeah, funny jokes. I, I, I got one question. We're going through the similarities between the TV show and the movie. When vampires show up, does Buffy's crampire radar go off? <laughs> no, the cramp no. thing is, 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 is gone. Again, probably because you don't want to have. Like, that's an idea that will might work in a movie, though it's. Yeah. Li- it, let's phrase it. It's, it's weird. It's weird, but um, it's weird. But yeah, her that her her cramping spider sense. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but <laughs> her crampire. But you wouldn't want to have that happen like every five sure. seconds, you know. And does it in, intensify? I mean, it, it just opens up a can of worms. The more vampires around, the more intense it gets. It's yeah. like yeah, it's you a know, stupid, I, stupid. Listen again for his failings as a person aside. Whedon created an interesting take on a genre. Right? Hang on, I mean, we don't know. There are a lot of, some stuff got changed. We don't know if that's Whedon. I think it is. I think it is. The oh, whole Jesus. demonic All thing. Right. Like, I, yeah. No, no, the the cramping, the cramping. thing. I, mm. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. That might not have been his his part of the rewrite that happened on this thing. All right. Now I, I feel we've started to cross into the movie. Let's let's clean yeah. up our housekeeping on production and then let's roll into the true movie. Yes. Uh, <sighs> so. Um, I've got some money stuff. Um, Show me. The, there you go. Right. Uh, so, nineteen ninety two release. <laughs> uh, nineteen ninety two release got a budget of seven million dollars. It does sixteen point six at the box office. Now, if you take nineteen ninety two dollars to today, it's a conversion factor of about two point one. So that would have been a um, fifteen million dollar budget and thirty five million dollars at the box office. So. Still not a you know big budget movie, um, but a but a profitable you know, movie like but a profitable yeah. movie sure sure. Um, Casey, you got any almost cast? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Hit me. I do. Hang on, I gotta open that up. Had everything else ready, except for this one fucking thing. You know, can I just say while we're talking about the budget, while Casey's mm-hmm. scrolling, some, I got it. Some, Go for it. Though. Something about that tells me that there is some truth in the val- in how good the script must have been, uh, because 
I don't feel like whatever you paid Donald Sutherland, Rutger Hauer, and a height of 90210 Luke Perry sure. mm. out of a $7 million budget would get them there if they didn't like the script. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think, you know, Luke Perry gets kind of put into the 90210 camp, but he was. He was a decent actor. I liked, I, uh, you know, I watched the first couple of seasons of Riverdale. He was fun on that. I, I think he gets a bad reputation the way Kristen Stewart gets mm-hmm. a bad reputation because of twi- the first Twilight movie where she was directed to act that way. And I think it soured a lot of people, myself included. Um, I've since changed my view on that. But I, I think he sure, gets she's great in other with stuff, that yeah. 90210, yeah. yeah. Well, and he's having fun here, I think, playing... A little bit of a tongue-in-cheek version of the of, of the sexy bad boy he, he played on nine hundred two one zero, right? Like, well, he's I mean, having when he shows fun with the dance. He's he's totally what was his character? Dylan was that his character? Pike? No, no, no. In, on nine hundred two one zero. Oh, was it Dylan? Yes, it was Dylan. Sure. No, right. oh, Colin knew. <laughs> and that's li- literally being alive in nineteen ninety two. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Fair, fair. All right, uh, all right. <clears throat> So, uh, originally set to play Miss Buffy Summers, not mentioned in the movie, but... Uh, it's uh, true. She doesn't get her last name in this, does she? Uh, Alyssa Milano. And may I say, mm. yes, fucking please. <laughs> I'm having trouble picturing her as a blonde. Dirty blonde. Do it like yes. Hillary Swank's hair. That would have I mean, worked. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we would have uh, completely ignored it because it would have been Alyssa Milano. Uh, set to be cameos as vampires. One Mr. David Bowie. <laughs> one Mr. Mick Jagger. And one Mr. Carrie Elwes. So what? three Brits for some reason. That sound, that's wow. very what we do in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they were cut due to budgetary constraints. Due, due to time. there being $7 million. And yeah, that's right. <laughs> And that being now, that being literally just Bowie and Jagger's cocaine budget, like that would be just to get them on set. <laughs> in yes. So uh, a cameo in this movie. There's two cameos actually. Yep. Uh, a cameo in this movie. Do we recognize the waitress? Yeah, we did. Th- that brings the hot dogs mm-hmm. to Pike and. Go ahead, Colin. Who is it? It's Ricky Lake. Yeah, it's fucking Ricky Lake. <laughs> Come on. Oh, I totally missed that. It's so great. This is what like, I'm saying. There's the gem of high camp in this film. There's sure. a germ of it, you know? I mean, like, this could have been. Oh. Um, and uh, you know that Seth Green is in this movie, right? Yes. Uh, yep. Uh, I saw I'll say the other two. There are two comic book uh, heroes in this movie, too, and we will hold off until we get to them. Oh, uh, one is pretty hard to miss. I know. I loved it. <laughs> he's such I a little ju- baby, too. He's like the only the only guy who looks like he's actually in high school. Yeah, I, I do believe he is also uh, dubbed over. I don't think that's his voice saying, just take it. <laughs> Does not sound like. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll wait. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, uh, with that, I don't think we have anything else. Last thing we would do would be oh, to mention fuck. the IMDb rating for the movie. Oof. Oh, right, go ahead. Do you. Either you want to take a guess? Or I, did you I, see? I watched it on a on a source that had it, so I know it. Okay. Casey, you want? It's got to be in the fours. Oh, that much you're, better. 5.6. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I, I bet you that I, a lot sorry, of people I was thinking of Rotten Tomatoes where it's like 33. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. right, well, we'll, we'll hold off our reactions to those numbers till we get to the end of the movie. So uh, 
I think with that, I think it's time to roll that film. Now, before we start, yep, we're going to do something a little... We're going to do kind of what we do over on Where No Mom, see how it works for a couple episodes. Maybe this will become how we do these one-off movies, not like the MCU, DC, EU, all that stuff. But what we're going to do is read directly from the Wikipedia. Which is what we did for Batman Beyond the Return of the Joker, episode one. sure did. Yes. So continuing that, we kind of liked how that felt, and we're going to see how it works with this. Yeah. So this movie does start with an opening voiceover, and I like it. I don't feel any way about it. When that's there, I like to bring that into the discussion because I feel it helps kind of ground the story really quickly. So this starts with a generic fantasy scene. Oh, my God. So, so nonspecific, right? Yeah, right? It literally just says the Dark Ages. The Dark Ages. Sure does. Since the dawn of man, the vampires have walked among us, killing, feeding. The only one with the strength or skill to stop their heinous evil is the Slayer, she who bears the birthmark, the mark of the coven, trained by the Watcher. One Slayer dies, and the next is chosen. Uh, There's a little bit of action there that happens. Basically, some vampires. I mean, Uh, very little, right? Let's let's just call out here that very little of that $7 million went to pay for good (laughs) fight choreography in this film. If you've been to the Ren Faire... The costumes, production value, and choreography is comparable to what you'd see at any good yeah. run fair. So, and if you watch the terrible TV series Iron Fist, the fight choreography <laughs> is right on mm. par with that. Oh, I have a note for first fight. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> from there, uh, and we should point out that the main figures in this: Donald Sutherland, who plays Merrick, Christy Swanson, mm-hmm. Buffy, Paul Rubens, Amelin, and uh, Rutger Howard as Lothos are all. Those actors in earlier versions of themselves. Well, right? Lothos and Amelin. Is oh, it Amelin? Oh. I thought it was Amy Lynn. Amy, but, um, sure. <laughs> uh, I no, loved no. her movies. Oh, wait, sorry. That's well, let's just call him Lefty. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Sure, those They're are the actual, the, the, the actual characters. Actual character, right? yeah. Flash forward to a cheerleading mon- montage. We've got Buffy. Well, we've got that like, match cut of, right, where she holds up the stake Shh. and it cuts straight to a... The pom pom, yeah. sure, and we yeah. we learned that we are in uh, Southern California, the Light Ages, L I T E. That's a fun joke. That's uh, a very Joss Whedon joke. Yes, that is a joke that is representative of all the jokes in this movie. I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So wait, then, do you do you not think the one liners are funny in this? Some of them are. I laughed but, at two. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by the, laugh, I mean I went. <laughs> there well, are some things I, I would say legitimately most, enjoyed. Most of them fall, you know, to to crib from Steven Sondheim, the difference between funny and clever, right? Most yeah. of them are mm. clever, mm-hmm. not funny, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Sure. Yeah. But I'll take clever. I mean, there's not, he, he, you know, his whole thing, he makes that distinction, but does not think that there's anything wrong with clever. He just, you know, you should know which one you're doing, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say this. I'll watch Paul Rubens as Emmeline all day long. Oh yeah. Uh, fun fact about Paul Rubens' costume near the end of the film: it is what he got arrested in the pornhouse by his request. I love it. I love it. He's this- like, yeah, I'll come do this movie, but you have to do my hair and makeup, and and I'll have the goatee, and I'll wear the leather jacket, and I'll have the exact same. Co- the monster. Because this that is they the first me. thing he did. Yeah. Post being yeah. arrested. Yeah. It yeah. was just a giant fuck you to everybody. It, it, you know, and let's be honest, uh, who was I just having this conversation with? I don't think it was you, Casey, but the. It was. 
100% me. Was it? Okay. But, but you know, I've, 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 I've continued to rethink think about the, Oh, when, when we were hanging out at the pool. Yeah. Paul Rubens arrested for indecent exposure in a gay movie house, right? Mm-hmm. Doing what other consenting adults in that place would be there to do. That it's was just re- one word in there that made him get arrested. Exactly right, right? It's, mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it's illegal it, to be gay, and that's what happened. It definitely, definitely had to do with his sexuality, but it also had to do with the fact that he was best known for playing what was considered a children's character, but <laughs> totally, totally began as a downtown New York gay nightclub version of a... <laughs> children's character like peewee was very misunderstood as being like actually for children as opposed to actually for uh, adults on drugs have you ever seen so uh, again I, I know i'm the old man here here i remember when the peewee special appeared on hbo for the first absolutely. time absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely with phil hartman with yeah. phil hartman right yeah, that is it's great. So and subversive it's, it's, and such a parody of that. But that is clearly not for children. So I struggle to understand people who co-opt this into children's entertainment and because totally of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, well, sure. They but they're missing the fact that that should be for, you know, 20 somethings to get high and watch and go, this is fucked up. So the mm. entertainment industry was totally happy to like co-opt that into something they could repackage and make a profit on, right? There was no right. one was doing that because they felt it was a an artistic endeavor worth supporting. They nope. saw that as a money-making opportunity. He gets shoehorned now into this role that I don't think he ever asked for. He's made the best of it, right? Yeah. Now but, he has, sure. Yeah. Well, wait, so isn't this also the same year that Batman Returns comes out? Yes, he had the small cameo as yeah. the yeah. Cobblepots, but he wasn't credited. Yeah. And it was it was a favor. Oh, is he not credited he's in that? He's not credited in that. This is like his big return, and yeah. it, it, with that return, he's just doing pretty much double middles to the entire uh, industry it's, during it's, the entire it. movie. It's hard to, fe- to feel like the word big goes with this movie at all. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. for me, part of what I found charming watching again, and again, I think I've maybe seen it once. There's, I probably saw it. Once when it first came out, once when I got into the TV series, and then for this, right? Mm, yeah, um, sounds about right. Yeah, and is that it? It basically is of a different era where there really were like low budget in the theaters for three weeks, and then on VHS films. This yeah. was on heavy rotation on HBO. That's actually mm-hmm. where I saw it the most. And I'd be flipping the channels and it would be on. And now that we're talking about it, I'm remembering I would watch from wherever it was to be like, do I like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> what is it about? Like, there are some parts of it that are good. There's a couple really, really funny golden moments in this movie. Yeah. But everything around it is just like it's it's gold bars just in a sewage plant. Well, the, 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 <laughs> so the pacing of the plot and and then Oof. how the plot works out does the, not, it just stops making sense after it, a while. It 100% sure does. does. It All of a sudden, it almost becomes like, well, we want this to happen, so let's just make this happen regardless right, right. of whether that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The motorcycle <laughs> chase, when Buffy gets on the Harley <laughs> and Pike just happens to be hanging out with somebody working on a bike. Well, Todd, like, I know you're an East Coast guy, but Los Angeles is a famously small and sure, compact right. It's only like city. four square uh, blocks, yeah, right? It's yeah. just it's a little like Mayberry. Yeah. That's, oh right. My God. That's right. That's right. Oh Lord. 
Oh, man. Should we start talking about the plot of this yeah, thing? Yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> now that we're talking about how it doesn't work. All right. So, shall I? Yes, please. Yes, you shall. High school senior Buffy Summers, Christy Swanson, attends Hemry High School in Los Angeles. Now, as Todd pointed out, Summers, I don't think is actually name-checked here. I think that's somebody backfilling I, yeah, on Casey, Wikipedia. The, I, I pointed that Casey. out. But yeah. Oh, Casey. Cool. Yeah. Why don't you two? Yeah. But I, I, is Hemry also, is Hemry name-checked here at all? It must be on the building. I know. I, well, it's, is I know. that the name of the high school in the show too? No, she's a, she moves somewhere else. No, she burns down. Oh, right, she moves to she Sunny, moves Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale, 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 and, and onto a Hellmouth. But I I remember yeah. Henry as being the name of her. It's maybe mentioned twice, but I've seen the series so many times right. that I remember it. Uh, it makes sense because they're the Henry Hogs. Go Hogs. Um, <laughs> but okay, so. Her main concerns are shopping and spending time with her rich, snooty friends and her boyfriend, Jeffrey Kramer. Is there a more punchable face in this movie than Randall Battenkoff? Uh, he, he's pretty, yeah. Uh, so, he's just a big, honking piece of shit in he's, this movie. <laughs> he's also, I mean, I, he came on and I went, I bet that guy needs reading glasses. Like, <laughs> he is so completely unbelievable as a high schooler yeah you know at at least now pike is five i'm sorry not pike luke perry is five years older than me so 92 i'm 21 so he's 26 at least pike is not a student Right, right, he's, he's not right, supposed right, to be a student, so at least, right? Yeah, so at least they're like, There's no, tons no. of references to the fact that he is not. Like, yeah. later in the movie, she calls him a man. He's like, oh, you think I'm a man? But I'm is, like, he a yeah, dro- okay, is it because he's a dropout or he graduated? Well, listen, I think he's a dropout that it became a burnout. But we don't have to believe yeah. that he's supposed to somehow no, be a No, he's got a job. He's got a job. So right. he's he's not a high school student. He's Right, but thank God. Yeah. Though that does raise the fact that he is, at the end of this movie, spoilers for the end, Dating a high school senior. <laughs> Listen, there's hey, some stuff that if you think Buffy has an old boyfriend here, <laughs> yeah, you should watch yeah. the show. Yeah, that's right. I the, got the that be- joke. Yeah, the beginning of that, uh, the beginning of, of the synopsis. There, uh, you know, I really think I, I want to look at this. So we see this. Um, you know, Buffy and her friends are shopping at the mall. This kind of like trope you know tropics california mall yeah. right um she's complaining that she only got a c that she got a c plus on her history test and we learn everything we need to know about buffy in the first two minutes of her dialogue excuse me for not knowing about el salvador like i'm ever going to spain anyway buffy and her friends are just so incredibly vapid i want you to think for a second and contrast this to what i see is and maybe maybe it's my desire for optimism that humanity is better than this but only three years later we will get clueless and Hmm. the rich privileged um teenagers in that movie are such better people than what we see here right so these are vapid people who are pieces of shit well, yes, we, because because the point is going to be to grow past them, right? Right. Whereas sure. that's not the point of Clueless. Oh, that's a that's fair. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Clueless because I, I I think the other thing we should talk about with this movie, right? So it's a genre riff, right? But it's kind of riffing on two genres at once, right? It's, I mean, it kind of belongs to the world of late '80s teen exploitation. Yep. You're gonna watch it on VHS horror, but mm-hmm. it's also a really weird and now. Basically extinct, and I I'll, I will share my theory about why it went extinct. Subgenre, 
the Valley Girl movie. Sure. I, so you yeah. got your Valley Girl. You have this. Pe- you have Pizza Boy. The right. I mean, uh, but the or Lover Boy. Lover, yeah. Lover Boy. Pizza Boy. Lover Boy. Lover right? Boy. With not Patrick Pizza Dempsey. Boy. Mc, right. Mc, Pizza Dude is Stranger right. Things. <laughs> One could argue Adventures in Babysitting. Don't fuck with the Lords of Hell. Yeah. The, and then the apotheosis of that, the godfather of Valley Girl movies, yes. is Clueless. But that is like their final form in which we don't have to dislike them. Right. We can say, boy, they seem clueless, you know, no pun intended, and yet they're still right. likable characters. They have redeeming qualities. Well, There's nothing. But you you, you, point, you but, make a fair point. And so I think it helps to view the movie as like riffing on that genre as well. It really, you know, it does give some of the uh, the social comedy it's trying to do a little more context. With, now, yeah. wither the wither the Valley Girl movie. Anybody want to take a stab on why where I think it went? <sighs> well, I mean, I, the last one I can think of was the Legally Blonde movie. Oh, right. Well, Legally that, Blonde is a, is a Valley Girl movie. Oh, right, sure, of course. Yep. But but in that one, she's a Valley Girl who is incredibly right. smart. But. Right, right. Starting to sub- so where the genre is mature enough where you can start to subvert right. it, yep. right? Like, but where play with it? Why did it go away? Oh, uh, Marvel movies. Yeah. I don't know. That's what everyone's no. answer for every other. No, no, no. <laughs> the uh, the other great and much more morally dubious juggernaut of our current media age, reality TV aid. Uh, why? Oh, why do you need well, to you make Valley, watch movies Valley Girl movies? You have the Kardashians. Movies, you can watch them. Sure. You have Real Housewives. Do we have to have the Kardashians? No, and and I'd rather not. But that's that's where people go now to feel superior to shallow shopping obsessed people in in Southern California. Oh yeah. So I, I looked at the Kardashians. Keeping up with the Kardashians uh, premieres in two thousand seven. So even that is Kim Kardashian's you know, porn. Well, yeah, but I mean, but there's old? reality TV sure. that follows. You yeah, know what I mean? no, like, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, actually, that's so where th- they go. That's where that that genre. It also it also hmm. goes down the you know with along with romantic comedies and like 17 other subgenres of movies sure. that have yeah. and you know budgets between 10 million and 100 million dollars, <laughs> and those movies don't get made anymore. You want to guess the year that Real World premieres on 1990, MTV. 1995, 1992. Oh, 92. This movie, yeah. yeah. Wow, two. I yeah, think, it's, it's, I, an, think, it's an early 90s thing. Yeah, I think you're spot on though, Colin. That is the yeah. that is the evolution of that genre. That's pretty good. Yeah. Where the hell did you come from? That was very impressive. The, the, the tumbling. While at school one day, she is approached by a man who calls himself Merrick. Somebody on Wikipedia thinks he's got like a backstory we're not told about here where he has another name. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, while we're paused, um, do you think that Donald Sutherland showed up for like rehearsals or the table read with just a mustache and the director's like, oh, could you, could you grow in a goatee at the mm-hmm. bottom too? Because in the mall scene, it's like, Two weeks of growth. This scene, it's like four weeks of growth. By the end of the movie, it all matches. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This movie takes place over three weeks. I do love me some Donald Sutherland. How do we feel about Donald Sutherland in this? In some scenes, he is clicking. He is there. He is awesome. In other scenes, he's kind of like, fuck, I got to do this today? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he clearly, I don't think that this is the movie he, you know, 
wants at the top of his resume. One of Whedon's criticism of him was that he liked improvising and would improvise lines that resulted in what felt like a very disjointed, you know, thread through through the character. Yeah, I can I see know. that. Yeah, I, I mean, I love, you know. Merrick's death is janky and that, weird. That scene is the part where the wheels really come off the plot car. Yeah, yeah I'm like, all right, it's a showdown. No, she's not ready. Then kill her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that well, what you want to do? What does Even, what does he want to do? Here that is a, a key problem in this film. What does Lothos want? It's he wants Buffy. It's a it feels like a budget rip rip yeah. off of mm-hmm. a, the Bram Stoker. Exactly. Is he gonna eat her or is he gonna mean to harker her and, yeah. and you know, we don't know. And they eat walk. her a different way. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, so the First end of that dirty sen- joke of the season. Yeah. The end of that sentence was parentheses Donald Sutherland. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, Sutherland is he's definitely he's underplaying everything, right? He's mm-hmm. and it works. I feel like he's giving a performance that wouldn't work if he wasn't so talented. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. if anybody else cared as little as he obviously is in these scenes, it would not be good. I I think he also gave himself some things to do because he didn't like the script. Like, what's with the handkerchief and oh, the coughing the into handkerchief it? Handkerchief is very weird. I expected it to be like blood in it, and like he has to train her quicker because he's he, dying. He's dying. Yeah, but instead, it's, it's just like I'm just gonna cough into this handkerchief. <laughs> I, I think this is the influence of the director in which those questions don't matter. And I think that that kind of weakens the movie. Do you think Sutherland just started doing it in a take and the dress like, I, I guess he fucking coughs into a handkerchief. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like Sutherland might be, I mean, look, we know actors do this, right? Like they just like, especially. Uh, can I just say one thing? I fond my board. I want my board. boy. Do, my boy. You, you want a bird? I'll get you. I'll get you ten birds. Okay. You build me the suit. You, you, you. Yeah. Actors do weird shit. Actors come up with bizarre business because they don't know what to do with their hands. You know, and uh, and like taking out a handkerchief. And if that actor is Donald Sutherland, and that director is someone who has made Tokyo Pop and will never make another feature film again. Yeah. Maybe they yep. don't challenge Donald Sutherland and go, Hey, Donald, what's up with the handkerchief, man? You know, could we not? Yeah. So yeah. to give him credit, though, like it's not the, the part ha- is not written in a way that you know what he wants, feels all the time. You know, I mean, it's not as he's not as bad as poor Lothos and uh, oh, poor Rutger Howard. Rutger Howard is really left out there. And he is he is he is spinning straw into gold. Right. Because he's Rutger yeah. Howard. I had a note for the end of the movie um, when all of a sudden a katana shows up. <laughs> and oh, like, yeah. You know what a better Rutger Howard movie with a katana is? Is um, Blind Fury? Go watch mm-hmm. that from 1990. That's a far more entertaining movie. I, th- than I think this you've one. just answered your own question. That is probably why a katana <laughs> shows up. Yeah, Rucker like, Howard still in. had a katana in his trunk. In his trunk, he's like, "Hang on, I got the perfect thing for this. Hang on, I'll be right back." Like they gave him like a medieval sword. He's like, "Time the fuck out. I will be yeah. right back. I just gotta go <laughs> run right. to my trunk." First That's time, right. first time I ever did Hamlet. Oh boy. So oh, I wound up doing Hamlet three times in the space of about 18 months. Brag. Um, yeah, this was a terrible production. Truly terrible vanity production of <laughs> Hamlet that had been cut to about, oh, about yes. an hour and a half. And my buddy Andrew from, from college calls me up and he goes, hey, we're doing this vanity production. I'm in this vanity production of Hamlet. I'm playing Claudius. 
he had graduated the previous year from college. Um, <laughs> uh, we just lost Rosencrantz. Was it Gil- Rosencrantz or Guildenstern? That's not a joke. I really don't remember. It doesn't matter. Was, They're both it was dead. Rosencrantz because yeah. then I later <laughs> played Guildenstern. Um, ro- so we lost Rosencrantz. Can you come do it? We open in three days. <laughs> and I went, I kind of did the math in my head of how much Rosencrantz would be left in an hour and a half Hamlet and went, yeah, sure, I can learn that. You know, because <laughs> it wasn't much, right? right. But they did, the, the last fight, the, you know, the, the final Laertes Hamlet fight was uh-huh. done with katanas. Because those were in Denmark. In the, I mean, look, Jesus, no, I mean, it wasn't, uh, you know, who was barely set in Denmark. And I don't object to people. I, I don't need things to have historical realism. The problem was that they were katanas that they bought for like $20 in Chinatown. Mall ninja shit. Exactly. Yeah. Mall ninja shit. That is exactly correct. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. One broke in the sure. middle of a show. Yeah, because sure. you're not supposed well, to fight with katanas. Shit. Yeah, katanas are famously known for breaking very easily. Yeah, okay. No, this is stuff that was designed to hang on the wall as yeah, a yeah. sign that you shouldn't sleep with this guy, right? Uh, like, yeah, I, I this think is the your kata- red flag. The, katana, the katana's place in douche culture is perfectly represented in Horrible Bosses because Colin Farrell <laughs> has one, the yeah. katana, right? And he's, he's showing it to uh, Jason Sudeikis, I think, right? Like proud mm-hmm. of, yeah. Perfect. All, All right. right. That's my that's All my right. katana story that will get cut. All right. <laughs> or will it? You should have been taught, prepared. But I wasn't certain until just now that it was you. He, Merrick, informs her that she is the slayer or chosen one, destined to kill vampires. And he is a watcher whose duty is to guide and train her. Fun fact, he never calls himself a watcher. <laughs> Yeah, he does. They, the word no, watch. he says he watches, he observes, he never uses the phrase watcher like on the TV show. Really? I thought he, I thought he says, I am the watcher. I thought he says, like, you are the slayer, I am the watcher. It is my, I think he, he doesn't he have this whole separation of powers. I thought, I think bit. he says something about it. I think it. he says something. I may have fallen asleep. Okay. <laughs> it's very possible. Um, so <laughs> I thought he did. So what's okay. the deal with the mythology here? So the mythology here is very different, right? We, so it's very much the the hero's journey, right? So he is the mentor. He is the person who does not possess the otherworldly power, but whose job is to take the hero from the normal world right. into the beyond. But unlike Watchers on the show, he does possess some level of power because he is apparently also reincarnated, right? And he, and is aware of his reincarnation. He's aware of his yeah. reincarnation in a way she isn't. Right. There's, so there's right. no watcher's right. counsel. I mean, it's always him. Right. And it's always her. Just yeah, in different it's situations. almost like a John the Baptist. Like there's two like there's there's the two. Oof. They're paired. He is has the knowledge of knowing, but not the ability to act on it. Yeah. Um, and, now, and his job is to prepare the way for her. This is right? also where he 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 talks to her about her dreams, which she's already started having. Right. She's had yep. the, mm-hmm. the dream of her previous life. And. He and that's one of the things that makes her start realizing he's not, you know, he's got some, a creepy old man. <laughs> now, what did we think about that? It was I was actually struck by how little she felt like there was a there was like a creep or sexual threat from him showing up. You're one of those skanky old men that like attacks little girls and stuff, right? 
Well, forget you. That's clearly like the the general insult she throws back, right? Like, right. yeah, but it like, felt like she was something pervy. she was throwing at him rather than a genuine concern she has. And I thought that was just an interesting choice. Yeah, because there's no real stake. You know, ironically, you know, it's not a there's there's nothing connecting this to the horror realm. You know, even as with vampires, because there's no fear of real risk there right, right. And there's certainly yep. no risk of him as a sexual predator yeah right there, there's nothing this is almost this is this campy make-believe world in which even the friends who die come back as vampires but it, if you're not one but of them no, everything's fine everybody's sort of completely unfazed yeah. by it yeah and i think i think they're going for a in in los angeles people don't barely even notice that you have big fangs and you know like, like they're going for that joke oh yeah yeah, like like yeah. they're going for the joke from the end of uh, Lost Boys, right? Sure, right, right. So you just mentioned, man. and I was just I was just thinking of this. Would this movie have been better if Joel Schumacher had directed it? Maybe it would have been. It's camp. A totally it would have leaned into that camp. Oh, well, yeah, he would have leaned into the camp. He wouldn't have been wishy washy with it. I. That's it. That's, I've never heard that idea, and yeah, I could see that being a a pretty interesting choice for a director here. See, he's good with the vampire movies. I mean, Lost Boys is, is really good. I kind of don't love Lost Boys, but but okay. See, I think Lost Boys is a movie that that presents itself as not being campy and desperately is. Whereas this is oh. isn't that a lot of Schumacher? Though? Yeah, but is <laughs> like that, he tries to get away from the camp, and all of a sudden that, it's camp. Is that more about maybe where he is in his career at the time? Yeah, like I, and I, how I, many, I, and how I many love Lost Boys, but maybe that's... greased shirtless saxophone players yeah. he's got in the yeah, yeah. Uh, I I love Flatliners. Like Joel Schumacher was a good director. He's just got one movie that everyone always goes, oh, he's a shitty director because of this one movie, right. Tigerland. No, no, <laughs> oh, Batman and Robin. Um, so this is also the scene where in he talks about her de- dreams of her reincarnations, and we get. Problematic moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, two really. An Indian princess, a slave, and that was um, bad. <laughs> well, listen, we didn't see it because we're you know were you going to cl- cast the black actress and say that it's her, right? Like, yeah. Just conceptually, that wouldn't work. I mean, in the oh, you haven't seen the uh, deleted you, brown, brown and black face yeah. scenes, uh, <laughs> but I mean, like the concept is valid, right? Like because it's really about this spirit that kind of. It's a concept you don't want to go near in a visual Sure, agree, agree. As evidenced by the difference of how well Cloud Atlas works as a book and how well Cloud <laughs> Atlas works as a movie. <laughs> that, right? That is to say, not at all. <laughs> yeah. as a movie. I mean, but if you read yeah. the book, there's no problem with the fact that people are being reincarnated. In different at, cultures in, and as ethnicities. different cultures yeah. and ethnicities and races, right? Sure. But when you do that in the movie, it gets real weird real Here's my problem. We see her in the Dark Ages as Christy Swanson. Then we talk about this Indian princess. Then we talk about an obvious African slave. Then all of a sudden it becomes Christy Swanson again? Because that's the one you can represent. I mean, that's the challenge. Is it Spider-Man in the multiverse? Or is it Doctor Strange in the multiverse? Is it always looks the same? Always Because it... From what it seems like, Merrick is always the same. Well, we only we only. Or saw, was Merrick a, a slave also? The reality is, Merrick this could have been. Did not think about this, this mythology this much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or they were like, "Oh, it's so edgy. She was a slave." Or the answer is no. Both Merrick and the her, that iteration of the Slayer were Africans, and we're not going to do 
brown face and we're not going to recast yeah. it. So we just won't show it. We'll just refer to it. You know? Yeah. But if they had just said a slave in ancient Rome, you know, you would have saved yourself a lot of. And then show Christy Swanson. In no, you don't have to show yeah. it. You just don't have to make people. You don't have. If well, I don't think visually anyone other represent, than us is thinking that. Oh, deeply. I bet you. Oh, I guarantee this, you. Everybody goes. Wait, but she always looked like herself. We've seen that she looked like herself in the previous ones. Yep. So you know. <laughs> yep. Now, thankfully, they fixed this on the show by having Kendra, the vampire yep. slayer, who had absolutely no issues with racial representation whatsoever. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Mm. Maybe not. Oh no. All right, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's finish along. this yeah. first paragraph, yeah. guys, because it's nine forty-one. She initially rejects his claim, but changes her mind when he vividly describes a recurring dream of hers. Additionally, Buffy is exhibiting uncanny abilities not known to her, including heightened ability, senses, and endurance, and the ability to split hot dogs. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yet she repeatedly <laughs> tries Merrick's patience with her frivolous nature, indifference to slaying. And sharp-tongued remarks. So I'm going to bring it up. Did Joss Whedon write this? <laughs> so the initial introduction to slaying, we get uh, as Merrick takes Buffy to a graveyard where two new vampire spawn leave their graves, rise up. Buffy ends up staking both of them. Both of them. Casey, you referenced Iron Fist on Netflix earlier. I would say oh, in terms of boy. properties we've discussed on this podcast, this might be the worst First fight we've seen certainly in a long time, maybe. Ever. Uh, hang on, none of the none of these fights are good. <laughs> Agree, but I mean that's first fight. I mean that might be as bad as it gets. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean later when they're in the amusement park storage facility, whatever the fuck that was, where all the extra floats are stored. Yeah, there's <laughs> one vampire like Buffy's fighting two of them. And she's kicking this one, and literally, like, it happens in a lot of superhero movies. They attack one at a time. Sure. But literally, like, you could see the extra who is the vampire go to go, and like, oh, it's not my turn yet. (laughs) (laughs) She just goes like this, and I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, he's just following Lothos' lead. She's not ready. That's right. right. Continuing on with the plot of this movie. Movie? Um, After several successful outings, Buffy is drawn into conflict with Lothos Ruckerhauer, a local vampire king. Local vampire king. I don't think he's supposed to be local. That's good work I think he's if you can get it. Ag- I'll tell you that right now. Aggressively not local. Like, they dress him. He's the only one who dresses like Dracula. Yep. I think he's supposed to be the, the alpha. Yeah. You know, the pay... But I think he's supposed to be, like, drifting into town, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's new... You know, he, they're, they're they're moving in on this territory from Europe because they've they've sensed that the Slayer is here. Maybe I don't know. You know the uh, yeah. There's that it. whole thing about her her name being known, and then they can do something with it later when uh, Amelyn comes to him. Is like it's Buffy. We now know we can attack. I'm like, why can you now attack? I think that was literally like just knowing where she is, like knowing yeah. where to find her. Her you name know, is Buffy. It's fucking L.A. But she attacked at the high school dance. Like they have a, they see her visually, have a whole confrontation with her, and then learn her name. Well, right. the different, but no, that is very clearly answered when Bruler, the one buddy who's killed yes. and turned, he recognizes that she's the Slayer and takes off. So now they know. Oh, it's the Buffy at Emerly High. Bruler, who looked like a vampire from the beginning of this goddamn yeah, film. That's right. That yeah. poor actor. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's the vampire. 
vampire, look out! Oh wait, pull, pulls a pulls a Teen Wolf. You know, in terms of the uh, the local vampire king and his acolytes, I hear that you make more money as a vampire king, but you have more fun as an acolyte. That's what uh, <laughs> that's what Creed Braddon vampire. Uh, is, uh, so here's an interesting thing. Yes, I didn't realize that Pike and Jax had first names, but apparently the next part of this says oh. two well, young Pike men, and Benny. Ol- oh, yes. He's sorry. He was Benny. Yeah. So it's Oliver Pike, Luke Perry, and Benny Jacks, David Arquette, who resented Buffy and her friends due to <laughs> differing social circles. Don't we know you guys? Hey, wait a minute. You're the guys from the movie. We hate you guys. Are out drinking when they are attacked by Amblin. This is one of the times I laughed. I'm not sure it's supposed to be funny, but <laughs> when... Pike falls down the ground, and all of a sudden, Paul Rubens just comes up and goes, I thought that was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. I'm pretty sure Paul Rubens was trying to be funny. But I'm not sure it was supposed to be. I think at this point, maybe in the filming, Paul was like, yeah, this movie's not great. I'm going to do what I can. I think well, I think Paul Rubens is perfect in this movie, start to oh finish. Yeah, he's I think great. he's, he's great. the only yeah. one who has the right tone for this movie. Spoiler: See, He made a lot a, of things at the end of this yeah. film. <laughs> I was just going to say though, I actually don't have a lot of notes for David Arquette's performance in this movie either. He's he's, he's very generic, he's, David Arquette in this. Yeah. See, but I I feel like he he's really fun when he becomes. So he is a, and we're getting into a, a an unfortunate Whedon trope here, like the like. Rejected guy who, tur- sure. who is really kind of a shithead, right? Mm-hmm. I think the film knows that he is, right? I don't think it's making a lot of apologies for him. And then he becomes much more of a shithead after he becomes, and just all that comes out. And I mean, I, I think he's really fun in it. Uh, and and he and Luke Perry are, are like a, there's not a lot on the page, and they fill out that relationship with these two guys. And yeah, I, I get why David Arquette went on to more things after this movie. However, I do want to point out in this scene when they're sitting on the ridge and they're pissing and moaning about the girls, Benny makes a joke. I got a new slash for you. Another shot of this and I'll have sex with you. And Pike's response is not gross dude or anything like that. He's like, oh yeah, then you never call me. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was pretty very, fucking progressive for 92. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to crib a story from my friend Paul's podcast. Paul Rubens? Which, uh, no. <laughs> you remember my friend Paul Kaola? Jesus, the name sounds familiar, but no, I don't yeah. remember him. He's got a really fun podcast where they go back and look at a pop culture from a certain era, I think basically like mid-80s to 2000, and and it's called uh, That Aged Well, so you should check it out. It's it's a good, Ooh. it's good. Okay. Yeah, and hey, they I'm did this episode. Talking. I'm just going to go to They did this a picture. long time ago, and he told this story um, uh, that apparently Luke Perry, what his... Best friend was Alexis Arquette, David's sister, who at at the time who presented as a gay man Mm -hmm. is is now a trans woman. And there was all this stuff about like people claiming he might have been gay because his best friend was this gay man. And he refused to deny it because he refused to act like being there was anything wrong with being gay. Nice. So I love that. A lot. I've never I love heard people say bad things about Luke Perry as a person. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, and it, it, that isn't your case. You're right. That is a nice moment. It doesn't have like gay panic that would have been very common. in the Yeah. He could, like it, when he said that, I'm like, oh, and here comes the, oh, gross, dude, you know, but for him to be like, yeah, but the, I was like, oh, 
That was nice. Uh, one thing to point out, uh, Alexis Arquette is no longer with us. So was. Oh, oh, was. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I knew that. She yeah. died. Oh. Um, ooh, this is where it gets tricky. Did they not near the end start to identify as a man again? I don't, I don't I know. Seem to remember that they did. All right. <clears throat> Anyways, um, I've added that podcast, so I'm good. Oh to yeah, you. I think you'll like it. Yeah, it's fun. This is not a very safe place for you to fall asleep. Okay. Benny is turned, uh, but Pike is saved by Merrick. As a vampire, Benny visits Pike, tries to get him to join. That was funny. They really stuck their guns with the vampires can't enter without being uh, invited in. That was fun. They they do. And that's a, that's they a, do a, until we get to the dance, in which uh, they still do. They come in unless they're invited. Oh, right. Yep, yep. Okay. They totally, I, I th- that yep, is a yep. through, look, there are, you know, earth-sized plot holes in this movie. <laughs> then why do the vampires stand outside the door to the gym? Because they don't want anyone else but Buffy, they said. We want Buffy. Send her out. All will come in. It's a threat. They're threatening. I think, I think they get invited in after that because I think that character... Played by two-time Academy Award winner Hillary Swank, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is uh, supposed to be you know not that bright. Yeah. Okay. And also Fair. not an awesome person. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we're not supposed to like her. Her former. Yeah. Friend, she's a proto. She's a proto Cordelia, right, Todd? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, Casey, you'd get that if you'd watch Buffy. <laughs> Never. Or Angel. Look like shit, man. Well, I feel pretty. Visits Pike and tries to get him to join him. Uh, later, when Pike and his boss are discussing Benny, Pike tells him to run if he sees him. Now, here is our first superhero cast in this. Do you know who played Pike's boss? I didn't until I looked. Burgess Meredith. Until I looked at the IMDb, but I'm not going to say it because I didn't know it, so I can't. Has appeared three times on this podcast already. No, wait, only two. We haven't done Punisher yet. Yep. Uh, that would be one Mr. Thomas Jane in his... V- wait, is that Thomas Jane? In his very first ho- Hollywood picture. What? I know, the wow. man's a fucking chameleon. <laughs> That's wild. I did not recognize him at all. We still got one left, right? We got him in uh, Punisher. We haven't done that Punisher yet. We haven't done his Punisher yet. Yeah, we've certainly referred to Laundry Day, but we haven't... Uh, yeah, we done. did <laughs> We did uh, Scott Pilgrim, and we yep. did... Um, uh, the Crow, the yeah. City of he, Bullshit, whatever. Wait, one. is he in a Crow movie? He's oh, the yeah. best thing in the Crow movie. He's, yeah, that's right. Is he's he the, the Crow? No. He's one no, that gets killed in the porno booth. Yeah, and he's one of the... Oh, Todd, I, I love that you think I've watched anything other than the yeah. first Crow. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, that's fine. That's all you need. Uh, 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 Amelin uh, uh, also abducts Cassandra, played by Natasha Gregson Wagner, a studious girl from Buffy's class, to sacrifice to Lothos. When her body is found, the news spreads through Los Angeles and Hemery High, but her murder is met with indifference from Buffy's clique. Awful. Uh-huh. She still had my jacket. The yellow leather? You didn't get that back from her? Oh, I'm so sorry. You guys know who Natasha Gregson Wagner is, right? I do not. It's Natalie Wood's daughter. No Holy kidding. shit! Wow. And 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 Robert Wagner, obviously. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, yeah. yeah. Wow. Has she done anything else? Oh, sure. Oh, wow. I, okay. Wow. Oh, wow, she wow. was in John Carpenter's Vampires. Yeah. Oh. Uh, she did some TV. 
Yeah, she's done stuff. Yeah, she's done I mean, stuff. She's not yeah. a big. She's a you know, but um, she's got oh, she's got a bunch of film credits. Yeah, this she's is, this year she in ninety two she's in three movies: Fathers and Sons, Dark Horse, and Buffy. And then she's working almost every year up through mid two thousand. Starts to slow down, and then last film credit. Um, Pierces herself in a documentary about her mother, but was in. Well, since since yeah. we're here doing this, I decided to do a little deep dive on whatever happened to Christy Swanson. Okay, oh, no. boy, was oh, that a fucking mistake? Why did you mistake. do that? Wow, no, I don't. Recommend I didn't know. That. I didn't know. I, I thought it was like a Bridget that. Fonda situation. I'm like, oh, did she marry some? Which did she marry? Like, well, you know who Bridget Fonda's married to, right? No, but I've seen the picture. Of Meredith, her, <laughs> Mr. Oingo Boingo himself. Oh, oh that's Elfman. right. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that's the Pumpkin King. What is she? Uh, so, oh, she's a crazy right wing nut job. Oh, she did no. a Obamagate the musical <gasps> with none other than Dean. Dean Kane. Okay, that's all I need to know. <laughs> is right. that is that Dean Kane? Oh, <laughs> it's like fuck. a full. It's yeah. She's a full on Dean Kane. She's a, she's a trumper. Um, hardcore. Yeah. What's a Hercules guy? Kevin Sorbo. You know, Kevin Sorbo. The full yeah. She's oh. part of that clique, so that okay. what happened to Christy Swanson. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. She's fine. She's you know. I think she, I think of, she can, of I the think, three actors we just mentioned, she's the best actor of all three of those. You know what? You know what's funny is that, but that's she, also not saying much. Just to go back to my thesis on this film's <laughs> flaw of like not knowing whether to be full, full go full camp or go like serious with a with a funny spiky sense of humor. Right, you know, like whether it's it's can't decide which one of those movies it is. She kind of finds a synthesis of that those antithesis, and you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, thesis, to a point, right? yeah. I, I think she, her performance kind of gets down the middle there and works, which is probably what it would have done in a successful version of that film too, right? It would have in had the to Joel be a Schumacher version of this, in the Joel Schumacher in the Schumacher cut <laughs> of Buffy. It would have been. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go visit that earth where Joel Schumacher directs this movie. By and large, none of the problems with this movie are happening in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, the fights are happening in front of the camera, sort of. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, the actors are not the issue here, right? Yeah. Almost Basically, anybody over 30 in this movie, I think, comes off looking great. Now, let me caveat that. Over 30, but playing over 30, not the dudes who are playing high schoolers. Um, <laughs> but, like, all the adults, Sutherland, Stephen Root, the basketball coach. Even uh, Buffy's mom is, is knocking it out of the park with those couple little moments she has. The Buffy parent thing was really weird as a TV watcher because it's so not who her parents are. Yeah, but, but I um, thought it was so funny. But, yeah, but they that's a funny runner. Do you know what time it is? <sighs> Around 10. I knew this thing was slow. You pay a fortune for something. Honey, come on, we're going to be late. A rare moment where I'm smiling in this movie. Steven Root shows up as the principal. Never disappointed to see him. It's never bad when Steven yeah, Root is agreed. around. Yeah, he's very, he, he totally, totally gets it. Well, I mean, look, if anybody can do camp and deadpan at the same time. Yeah, that's right. It's Steven Root. Yeah, Steven Root. Root. You know, yep. That's his shtick. Don't think me as Gary Murray. Administrator. No, think of me as Gary Murray, 
party guy. When Pike realizes there's something wrong with Benny and that he's no longer safe, he decides to leave town. His plan is thwarted, however, when he encounters Amelin and his gang of vampires. Amelin hitches a ride on the hood of his van. That's, that's hitches a ride. <laughs> hitches a ride. That's, you know, well done, anonymous Wikipedia writer. Yeah. That's a funny way of putting it. <laughs> Which crashes in a tree just before Amelin loses an arm. That, uh, that's actually a super funny sentence because hitches a ride is funny, but then crashes into a tree just before Amelin loses an arm yeah. is like, it's like we're trying to avoid blaming the truck. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Look, it's clearly his van's fault that that happened. That's yeah, it. yeah. But there are two things that <clears throat> happened at the same time, but we're not going to imply causality. Uh, so that's a good bit, right? Yeah. It's a terrible chase scene. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, again, this is what kind of movie is this? I don't know, but this is weird. It's- but, but like, Todd, you know, you're, 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 Casey's the youngest person here. You understand that there was just a period in time where a lot of movies looked like this. That, yeah, like, that was the idea yeah. of what action Fucker. and chase sequences sure. were. Yeah, and again, it, it makes as much sense as so. Pike has left town, but then inexplicably, his van is stalled on you know the the cliffside road. Uh, it's not inexplicable. You, you keep pointing out the plot holes that actually don't have plot holes to them. When he quits his job, he says to Thomas Jane, "You said you'd have the part by two o'clock. Christ, it's almost dark." Yeah, he risked okay. it. He risked okay. it. So this goes back to something we've talked about on. Uh, where no mom has gone before. Available here on the Night Shift Radio Network. <laughs> where uh, my theory of like competently and slickly made garbage, right? There's a lot. The like, garbage today is competently and slickly made. Yeah, it doesn't. Sure. Generally speaking, there are still outliers of total incoherence. Your Michael <laughs> Bay's, you know. Um, oh. But there, you don't get chase scenes like this this nonsense with the van but you did once once sure. bad movies were also badly made yeah mm-hmm. I, I i want this to happen yeah right so but so i just grade all the action on this on some on like a curve of like uh you know the it was 91 when they made it it was basically the 80s come on you know sure i think i'll also like well, now we have digital mapping. We can hide at, stunt performers' faces and stuff. But it is clearly, anytime Buffy has to do those somersaults, it is fucking not Christy Swanson at all. And to another point, it's not Paul Rubens strapped to the front of this van going down yeah. the, where you can see the cord holding him at one point. When they first go over the hill, I'm like, hey, there's a cord. I can see it. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, when they rescue, because uh, we're going back to the house after this, when they rescue Pike, I do love, and I feel like this might be a Donald Sutherland um, ad lib. You know this guy? Well, somewhat. <clears throat> rather fond of passing out, just as I happen by. That's <laughs> yeah, a good line. I don't know what, who wrote it, but it's, but it's very funny. It might have been a Sutherland line, but. Buffy and Merrick arrive to rescue him, and Amelin leaves the fight to talk to Lothos. After this encounter, Buffy and Pike start a friendship that eventually becomes romantic. And Pike becomes Buffy's partner in fighting the undead. I mean, junior partner, right? Sure, sure. 
Well, this is as, this is a runner that I mean, obviously we get picked up later in the show. Oh, it's Xander. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, yeah, but like, but like, that I love. And I'm betting this is probably out of the original script. The idea that like constantly undercutting traditional gender roles and him oh, and just yeah, be yeah. like, yeah, you did, you did nothing. You, yeah, you know. Je- Joss Whedon talked about like the original genesis for this idea was like flipping the whole idea of the girl who gets chased down an alley and murdered at the beginning of a horror movie. What if mm-hmm. she's the hero and the and the yeah. protagonist throughout it all? So yeah, he's doing everything to kind of mess with those. Uh, right. tropes. And it's a nice bit that like he's not an- unlike Xander actually. He's not a- he's not anxious about, about it. About being he's sort of he sort of goes yeah. Did I do all of that? No. <sighs> Did you do all that? Yeah. All yeah. right, cool. I'm fine. Yep. Whatever. You know, like he just yeah. rolls with that that sort of position. Um well, how do we feel about their like romantic chemistry and that whole romantic plot? It's I fine. mean, I don't, I don't. I think it's underdeveloped in the script, but I think they make it work fine. And yeah, yeah. I appreciate that it's there, but they don't make it a huge thing. Yeah, because there's not a lot of see. See, that is that I think, and and maybe I'm unfairly comparing this to what we'll get later in the series. There's not right. a lot of depth here with anything, right? Like a lot of mm-hmm. the stuff. I don't know because it doesn't matter because nobody thought that deep. Like I think yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. answer for a whole bunch of stuff in this. Oh, it's very yeah. true. Very true. <clears throat> uh, okay, okay, Casey, are you about to start the next paragraph? I am. Can can I call for a bio break? You son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Good. I, good All call. Right. All right, and then we'll move on. Right. Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle-earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S-T-O-L-K-I-E-N, and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. During a basketball game, Buffy discovers that Gruler, one of the players and his friend Jeffrey, uh, uh, and a friend of Jeffrey's, is a vampire. And how does she discover this? He steals the basketball from the goddamn Batman. What? It's Ben Affleck. Yeah, Ben Affleck. Not- That's Ben Affleck. What? I'm no- Number I'm 10. Sorry. I was getting ready to complain about the basketball game in this movie, which is a shitty, worse version of the brilliant basketball game in 1985's Teen Wolf. Yeah, yeah. This one you're sucks. rooting for Teen Wolf, and this, you're oh. like, oh, this guy's a douchebag. Actually, it's, the whole so, point of Teen Wolf is that he becomes a douchebag, actually. Well, right, it's a, right, it's a reverse redemption story. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think maybe this is what I don't like about this movie. So, Bruler... <laughs> Wait, this is what you do. Well, this illustrates it, right? Bruler clearly does not look human, and 
They just like no one reacts to that in any kind of a sensible way. Like uh, they, Ben's a little freaked out by him and gives him the the uh, he gives him the basketball. ball and they keep playing the game. Yeah, so that's, he's that's not fair, he's yeah. not that freaked out, right? Like, I mean, I think they're going for. It. So, did you guys watch all the way to the end of the credits? Yes. So yes. Did you watch sure I wasn't the whole anything. the the shtick with the with the the interviews, right? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, where they're know. going, oh, it's Clearly gang members. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah. People yeah. rationalizing the news, yeah. their way out of seeing, having seen this thing that they, that challenges their perceptions, right? Okay. Which, which, of course, they would actually do really well on the show later, you know, right? Where yeah. People were just constantly finding a way to excuse the monsters <clears throat> they'd actually seen. Um, All right. Hang on. But yeah, I think. Yeah, that's, holy shit! Yeah, that's uncredited ben Affleck. ben Affleck. Yeah, oh yeah, that holy is. Shit. Um, is he uncredited even? He's uncredited. Yeah, he's and under his five. delivery was so bad, the director had them dubbed over by another actor. Yeah, that's right, because he's under five, right? <laughs> oh, oh my god, Alexis Arquette is also uncredited in this. Oh, who are they? They are um, before She's... they were female. They are the DJ in the dance. Oh, that's a oh, that's sh- that's a good. That's, that's Alexis Arquette. Yeah. And that's a the good, vampire DJ, the vampire yeah, right? DJ. That's yes, a good, it totally that's is. That's a good them. joke too. I love that. Yeah, I oh, mean, shit, it, that is yeah. them. In the, while we're talking familial stuff, the ref that te- goes to the coach is like, "Coach, we can't have this. It's not right. We got to get him out." I hear you. It is reprehensible. But uh, the point, get him right. out. Yeah. The ref is uh, Christy Swanson's dad. So there, Casey. That's a perfect, perfect example. We can't have him floating. The point still counts, right? If that's if, funny, if that attitude towards the manifest supernatural presence uh-huh. of a vampire was carried through, I think we would all get the joke they're going for with why people don't go his teeth, his ears, his it. You know, like I think they're going for that, but it just the con- there's not enough consistency to make the joke land. Yeah, we're also still in the era of, of a blank monster shows up, everyone knows. Like, after their first encounter, when when um, uh, Luke Perry's character is like, those are vampires, right? I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, what's really interesting is he knows they're vampires, despite the fact, you know what, if I recall correctly, never happens in this movie on screen. No one's no one ever No one gets the fucking bite in the neck. Yeah. Yep. Well, no, the first victim they talked about. They talk had, about that, it, but we never actually yeah. see, you know, when, yeah. I can't think of another vampire film short of Todd Browning's 1931 Dracula where they couldn't <laughs> actually do that. You actually see nobody get bitten in the damn neck. Yeah. So yeah. I, I looking to see Ben Affleck. Yeah. Uncredited Ben Affleck. Oh, and that's when I saw Alexis Arquette as the vampire DJ. Then I saw then I'm like, oh, what other names oh, might be in there? Oh, don't, because I was going to talk about it. <laughs> but go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, well, I'm questioning the, the accuracy of the IMDb. I, I, there's no way that this is him. Do you know the the musician? Is that the one you're talking about? No. Oh, Wait, okay. Who? So in that list of uncredited appearances, <clears throat> so Alexis Arquette is the vampire DJ. There's another DJ that you know gets killed off screen by the vampire DJ. Oh, they're saying that's Slash? They're saying that's Slash. No, that's not fucking that's Slash. Not, I, I, no. That's I, I not would, Slash. I would, pre- I would present it's, my screen, but I don't want to fuck up any of our 
systems. No, no, you're fine. No, no it's not. No way. So, okay. So bullshit on that. Yeah. No, we'll get to the other one at the dance. They're just okay. saying that because nobody knows what Slash's face looks like. Yeah. I mean, we do now, though, right? Like, that was valid I mean, in I, 1989. I don't, yeah. but... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can easily find it. Yeah. I mean, I can. Yeah. Yeah. You could. I yeah. can't call it up from memory. <laughs> when <laughs> I when if you say to me slash, I picture fat hair base done. Yes. Okay. Uh, after a quick chase to a parade float storage yard, because that's a thing. Buffy confronts Lo- confronts Lothos shortly after she and Pike take down his gang. Wait, Casey, where Lotho- do you think parade floats go when they're not being parades? <laughs> I mean, it's obviously it's a thing. You know what I think that is? You know why I think they're in a parade float? Because a super two, girl. Two, two reasons. <laughs> the actual parade float place said yes, you can film here. <laughs> but I, I think they're going for a little bit of pseudo Tim Burton Yeah. You know, a little, you know, mm-hmm. childhood women. I mean, remember the first attack we ever see on um, on Grueler, where it's like on mm-hmm. a on a merry-go-round. Yeah, or, it was or a, a little car- creepy. Or a carousel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right? They're going for that sort of, you know, fun house of horrors yeah. thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They just don't have the budget to land it. <laughs> Boof. Ain't that or, the truth? Or the surety of the perspective, right? Like right. Tim well, Burton really is Tim Burton, and he's that's who he is. Yeah, I don't think that's there's any that that confidence. Who he was? The, that's, the, that's who he was. Modern yeah. Tim Burton, not a fan. No, I'm sorry. The, the, yeah, but yeah. but he is confident in his perspective, and that's yep. what he's going to show you. I like Tim Burton before he was a lot of budget. Um, <laughs> Come into my eyes. Uh, Lothos puts Buffy into a trance, but Merrick intervenes, breaking that trance. Because reasons. Um, yep. Lotho stabs Merrick uh, with the stake he attempts to use on him and then leaves. That stake was so fucking extra. What? Oh, yeah. There was, there was like a fucking baby demon on the top of it. I'm like, what is happening? So it's my vampire stabbing stake. You know, I, <laughs> I was telling you, I, I did listen to my, my friend Paul's podcast about this, and they seem to think that the deal with Merrick was that he was actually the same dude, Immortal. Not reincarnated. Oh, I don't mm, think just, that's what he, they're going for in the and movie. Then all of a sudden, but I can finally see how that this extremely time? elaborate stake might make somebody think that there's a guy who's been around for a couple thousand years and just hasn't got real good at Whitland. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of time Whitland while he waits for that next Slayer to, you know, get out of diapers. <laughs> yeah, but like the the previous Slayer dies, like, well, okay. See, that's that's the thing they say. When a new Slayer dies and new another one is created, and the mythology that comes up on the show is that literally the Slayer powers are gained as soon as the other Slayer dies, right? Yeah. Right. If it's reincarnation, then there must be a good 16 years or so of, like, the Slayer being a child. Unless the vessel is born, but the powers don't move until death, so maybe the vessel's born. Is that what explains well, why would- there's just... Tons of potential people out there who all look like Christy Swanson, even yeah, if they're right. Indian right. princesses or Virginia what's, slaves. What's, what's the Christ. idea that like seventy percent of people are descended from Charlemagne or some? It's some very white centric. Like, no, I right? actually think well, it is in some ways true. 
but it's it's, yeah. it's not about race. It's a it's a weird math thing that like almost everybody is actually related to like both Genghis Khan and Khan and Charlemagne and or something. Charlemagne and uh, you know uh, William the Conqueror. Oh, it's, it's like a very it's a very <laughs> but it's it's all a trick of math because I mean, everybody existing on Earth is no more than 16th cousins with everybody else. Oh, really? No, yeah. that's wild. That's it's wild. just it's just a weird thing of population. I'm, there's a really interesting book. Called, it's actually, funnily enough, called How to Argue with a Racist. That is about <laughs> all these really interesting sort of science and math takedowns of racist ideas. That goes on a whole tangent about this. I'll have to look it up and and Does, we can reshoot and reaction it uh, to totally yeah. derail another one of your podcasts. Uh, <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait for another <laughs> shitty movie. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. We're gonna draw. Yeah. The end of this. I haven't yeah. drawn in a while. Yeah. Our other podcast, we just know what's next. Sure. Yep. Sure. <laughs> and sometimes we're not happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. We wish we could draw. We're leaving. We're not eating. She's not ready. As Merrick dies, he tells Buffy to do things her own way rather than live by the rules of others and gives her one final clue. This is not the clue he he gives. He doesn't say remember the music. He says arrest is silence. Yeah, he says, yeah, and I and I wrote, I added to the plot here because I think this is important. Remember about the music. Listen. When the music stops. The rest is... Uh, and then he says nothing. Well, right. right. And so, the, the rest is silence, of course, a line from hair. And... <laughs> um, so this is the perfect illustration. Troilus and Cressida. That's what it's mm. from, right? So, you know, Whedon, that reference earlier, Whedon did not speak highly of Sutherland, right? Like his tendency to improvise lines created stuff that just didn't make sense. What Explain this revelation to me. Because... At the end of the movie, when she uses this to like throw off the enchantment of Lothos, what fucking sense does it make? What difference Very does it make? Little. to the, Right, like it's right, just he's not playing dumb. music. He's not playing the violin. If he'd been playing the violin in this scene, it holds together a lot easier. But the fact that and maybe the, that's what it was in the script, and they just said, "Oh, we're not going to do that." It, it winds up being the music from the dance. It 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 retroactively infuses Lothos that? with some sort of, uh, not Lothos, Merrick with um. Oh, yeah, sorry. Precognition, America. right? It's very, uh, yeah. But it, it just fucking makes goofy. no sense. There should be something here that makes sense and connects, and it doesn't, and that's why this movie sucks. It's sort of like, <laughs> it's it, what it is, is it's, a, it's an over-reliance on the idea of, like, script structuralism, that if you have a setup and a payoff, then that's all you need. If it doesn't make sense. Right. The, the setup and the payoff don't make sense in the larger yeah. context. Bullshit. Who cares? You know, it's like, it's sort of, it, I don't want to, you know, say it's just like Robert McKee, save the cat kind of stuff, but it feels that way. <laughs> what where it's yeah. what is very, that? I don't know what that is. Save the have, cat? You, have you seen Adaptation? No. Oh, wait. Uh, is that you the one with, that? with um, Nicholas Cage? Oh, yeah. Nicholas. Where he plays the, the twins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Save Have you seen cat. my twin brother? Yeah. <laughs> so, do you remember? Do you remember Brian Cox in that? Fuck no. So he's playing this guy Robert McKee, who is like a famous Hollywood script doctor slash okay. how to write a script guy. And his whole and he didn't actually write. Oh, he's the one that the shitty brother is taking the seminar from. Exactly. Yep. 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 And he's sort of a perhaps unfairly a byword for sort of very formulaic. 
you know, the structure of your script is all that matters yep. kind of stuff, right? Um, and, and and I think this is a sort of moment of that. And I who will we'll never untangle the morass of, of the history of this movie, mostly because nobody cares that much, um, to find out where this music stops thing comes from. But it feels like that, right? It's just we have a setup and a payoff, so it's oh, it's brilliant, right? Yeah, you know, and okay. It, and, they, and they think Is they just wrote, they think they just wrote fucking Usual Suspects, yeah. And no, <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah, because that fucking payoff is bullshit. Yeah, all right, perfect. Before we continue with the actual plot, I'd like to point out that after Merrick's death, Buffy's reaction, not since Star Wars in 1977, have we had someone react to someone's death. In such a ridiculous way. She knew Merrick for three fucking weeks. And she is smelling his pillow. And doing all these things in that one scene. Like, what the fuck? You've known this old man for three weeks. Uh, Luke, knew, Luke knew Obi-Wan Kenobi for two fucking days. See, that's like, two days is different than three weeks. And the guy who comes and tells you your life is A, completely different. And B, much bigger than you thought it was. That's fair. It's just the sniffing of the pillow and some of the other stuff she does. I can't remember all the stuff she does. She sniffs the pillow. She She 100% takes the pillow, puts it to her face, and then she goes, and I'm like, oh, what is going on in this? (laughs) Okay, I don't remember that. I thought she was just hugging. I remember her hugging the pillow. but She sniffs it. It's weird. All right, so because of her new life, (laughs) its responsibilities, and the heartbreak of losing her watcher, Buffy, emotionally shocked, starts neglecting her slayer duties. When she arrives at school, she attempts to explain things to her friends, but they refuse to understand her as they are more concerned with an upcoming school dance. (laughs) Buffy abandons them as she realizes she has outgrown their immature, selfish behavior. Yeah. Not much to say about that scene. (laughs) At the senior dance... What? Wait, we're going to skip over the part where he rides a motorcycle down the sidewalk? Uh, <laughs> I think we just gave it as much weight as we need to. The yeah. only thing we have to say is, for a guy who's not paid very well, there's an abundance of really nice... He's got a fucking Harley in that next scene. Oh, wait. No, no, she's on the Harley. He's yeah, but then when bike. he shows... I'm talking about the scene when he shows up on the motorcycle oh. and, like... It's 100% a Harley, but... Talks I, to her while walking down the street on the motorcycle. Is it the Harley that she stole from the biker guy? Which, oh, as yeah. progressive well, as this movie was, having that biker be rejected and being and calling her a derogatory word for a lesbian and saying she, yeah. he's going to tell the world... Some of those points are taken away. Uh, I would bet that was not Whedon's script. Well, it's interesting because later Lothos drops a B word on her twice, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know whether it. I, I I clocked both of those moments of sort of hard out of nowhere misogyny, mm-hmm. and wondered if that is if that is lazy filmmaking or intentionally trying to set up a feminist framework. Neither one seems to work, right? Yeah, right. In this synopsis, they don't. We don't have the scene with uh, the friend that was all about trying to touch Buffy's ass when she leaned over him in the car when he grabs her and like. At first, it's really women empowering, and then her boyfriend's like, "Don't touch my my property," and I was like, But that is ultimately subverted at the end when she does not need she does not need anyone to. 
you know, to be strong. That and she that guy, remember, winds up being terrified of her. Yes. Because she right. kicks his ass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Have you seen Jeffrey? If I say no, are you going to hurt me? No. No. In the in the span of one minute, two people are worried that Buffy is going to kick their ass for uh, for what they're about to do. Would I get my ass kicked if uh, I ask you to dance? Yeah, no. I mean, I, that through line is actually kind of works. I mean, you know, sadly, yeah. that is how high school guys talked in 1992, and probably how a distressing number of them talk today. Oh, yeah. please, let's move that down to middle school. Uh, <laughs> I think I don't think that's restricted to. Um, uh, high school guys, I would direct your attention <laughs> to the 45th president of the United States. Please never direct my attention <laughs> yeah. that way again. No. Yeah. Um, the former guy? At the senior dance, Buffy is dismayed to find Jeffrey has dumped her for one of her friends. That's a good scene, actually. That's a good That's a good scene from the Valley Girl movie that this is, yeah. right? Like, right. it's yeah. well, sure. yeah. that yeah. is yeah. like the Valley Girl comedy, like where he's just like, Did you get my message? You left me a message? You weren't home. Like always. You broke up with my machine. Hey, kids. An answering machine. And then the runner where the, where the not particularly bright friend sleeps with him in the car. Yeah. It's over and, fast. And then she says, to the, like, on camera, like, to the news crew, I can't believe it let you do that to me. That yeah. whole little weird subplot works, yeah. worked for me. Yeah. As Buffy's running past it, as she's leading the vampires away. The friend is like, oh, that was over quick. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as she meets up with Pike, re- reciprocate their feelings. That's not how sentences work. Yeah. Media writer. They, they reciprocate. They reciprocate their feelings as they dance and kiss. Actually, I don't think they kiss until she's running off to. I remember no, they kiss that. when they're dancing. Oh, do they? Okay. Yep. However, Loth. <laughs> Casey, yep. Casey's editing it. Uh, in real time, <laughs> she meets up with like they reciprocate their feelings as they dance and kiss. However, Lotho sends his army of vampire minions to the school to attack the classmates at the dance. Oh, how many times has this happened? You're at a high school dance. You're about to hook up with the love yeah. of your life. A Dracula shows up. Yeah. There's too many damn vampires in this town. All right. My name is Twilight and I am a Dracula. <laughs> do you remember do that, you that meme? No. no. Some guy who like went to a convention and like dressed as a vampire with a like hello, my name is uh, thing. It was like, hello, my name is Twilight and I am a Dracula. Oh my god, that's, that's great. Funny. That's yeah. very funny. All right. Let's get to the end of this plot, which is Buffy confronts the vampires outside. One of those vampires, the one that she kicks in the face right at the beginning, is none other than Mr. Seth Green. Howard the motherfucking duck. Or Oz from Buffy. He's the only guy to be in both the movie. He's not. There's a guy. There's another. There's there's like a stunt guy who then has a has like a one scene thing in the seventh yeah. season. Yeah. I don't remember his name. I'm sorry, guy. No, I saw I saw the rant, the reference to it, but yeah. Wait, what? Uh there's a yeah, stunt there's a, guy. So, so the guy who has like screen? a No, no. There's another dude who was in both. Yeah, the the movie and then shows up in the TV series. Not, oh, 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 okay. It, but just, Seth Green is the only person who had a significant Well, I guess the other guy has I don't know, I remember. 
All right. Uh, while inside the gym, Pike fights, air quotes around fights, uh, and kills the vampiric Benny, and everyone is able to fight back under his lead. After empowering the vampire army, Buffy confront overpowering. Let me try that again. I tried. Uh, After overpowering the vampire army, Buffy confronts Lothos inside the school and seemingly kills Amy Lynn. Lothos Uh, attempts to under... I mean, she kills him if you don't count the the goofy post-credits sequence. He's not dead. Technically, technically, at the end of the end credit scene, he falls back down. Do you think if this movie had been a smash hit and they'd made a sequel, he would come back? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just mean, been going. The best. I mean, I'll say it now and then I'll say it in a minute. The best part of the movie. Oh, is, 100%. Is death. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. What the fuck is that word? Ensorcel. Lo- it's a great <laughs> word. Yeah. It's a great Cast word. <laughs> Love this attempt to ensorcel uh, Buffy again. But when the dance music stops, she remembers Merrick's last words and defends herself with hairspray. Okay. Todd. Is there a bit in the TV series with the word ensorcel? I feel like there is. Oh, I, no, I, no, I, I don't what? know it that closely. I'm, con- I'm confusing my 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 wordy, vaguely misogynist writers. That's a that's a that's a Sorkin thing when he talks about ensorcel. Never mind. Because I, I was like, some big Buffy fan went back and ro- worked that word worked in, that. right? Yeah. No, yeah. but ensorcel is a great word. Got it. Now, uh, she first tries to repel Lothos with a cross, but the Vampire King is unimpressed. He grabs the cross, setting it afire, but Buffy uses her hairspray as a makeshift flamethrower and burns him. That's incorrect. He basically laughs it off. This is your defense. Please. Your puny faith? No. My keen fashion sense. Before escaping to the gym. Do you know the fun story about this movie in the UK? No. They don't show him getting... They don't show him getting flamethrowered, so it makes, like, no sense. You're kidding. Well, eventually they restored it, but the original... Originally in the UK, it was rated... They cut that and rated it for a younger audience, and... Because the rating system is tiered out a little differently there. Yeah, yeah. I would like to say the rating system in the UK is better. Well, I there's mean, more tears to it. Now, there are more the censorship tears to it, but, I'm not fond of. But, but they, the, yeah, they, they, I mean, this is sort of the end of what the, they, they called the video nasties era there, where they, so they were really very, very concerned about what we would think of as like, you know, slashers and, and like everything I've talked that, about. That continues though, right? VHS horror, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but then European sensibility, much more restrictive of violence, sure. less restrictive of nudity. Right, right. Like nudity is like, yeah, yeah. I'm. I more I, just mean that like now we've got this PG thirteen covers everything from headless monsters <laughs> being brutally murdered on screen to two fucks to uh, you know a, a romp uh, of a teen comedy. Like yeah. there should be a uh, there should be a new one. Is what I'm saying. Well, there should be a, a PG fifteen. I, I actually like what we get on TV and many of the streaming services now. Like they'll tell yeah. you what what is 
what's in there that you need to think about. The MPA tried to do that for a little bit, but it ended up just being violence. Okay, what kind, you know, except for movies like, I believe one of the first ones that had the descriptors was the historically inaccurate Braveheart that was intense scenes of gory violence. Like, you're not wrong. It feels like what they should have is violence and then, you know, violence with consequences and stuff yeah. <laughs> because yeah. there's a world of difference between those two things in most mainstream action cinema sure yep now buffy sees her classmates recovering from the vampire attack but lothos bursts into the gym promising to kill everyone the slayer and vampire duel a wooden flag staff versus a katana Again, if the first fight was weak in this movie, the the final conflict, eventually Buffy stakes and kills him. This is probably one of the most disappointing, you know, climaxes to a movie Uh, or any relationship I've ever had that I've ever seen. Yeah, not since Master of the Universe. Like, this is pretty shitty villain hero fighting that's going on here. Here's the funny thing. I mean, look, they got Rutger Hauer. Good job. Good job (laughs) getting Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer elevates a lot of it. But if they had made clear who Lothos was and what he wanted, yeah, I think the, the actual filming and choreography would could have worked better if there were stakes for the characters. But there's neither stakes for the characters nor a yeah. dazzling action sequence. So, yeah. Uh, you know, Rutger Hauer, so I mentioned, you know, we, we could have done – um, Highlander, referencing his his use of the katana. Another one that was a hard contender for me for m- movie milestones, um, Lady Hawk from 1985. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know, you give me fucking Rutger Hauer as Navarre, right? Like, holy shit. Well, that man can chew some scenery. Have you guys ever seen The Hitcher? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. you want to talk ter- about yeah. Rutger Hauer being bone-chillingly terrifying. Yes. I. He's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, him. that movie is very disturbing. However, Agreed. he is not very scary as the Vampire King in this movie. Like, well, no. Because I mean, I this isn't a horror movie. even right? sure he's supposed to be. But yeah. there's a horror comedy movie where we have a Dracula, the Monster Squad, and Duncan Rhaegar does a much better job of being... Rather because intimidating as do Dracula. You know, but, do you know but, who he reminds me of a lot less than Dracula or anything else? He reminds me very much of um, a film I didn't see in its context, but is of is of the era immediately before this, but have seen since then. Uh, he reminds me of um, Chris Sarandon in Fright Night. Oh, Fuck. yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. urbane, yeah. Yeah. vaguely fey... Mm-hmm. Sort of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's where they're going for. Here. He doesn't look like the D- Dracula and Monster Squad because Shane Black wasn't going for camp. There's nothing campy about Monster Squad. There's some of there's some like some camp. You see that as camp? Oh gosh, I, I didn't see that. That's a step away from um, yeah, kick him in the nards. The Wolfman's got n- nards. From what's his no? From what's his name in Goonies? Um, Sloth, right? Like, yeah, you guys. Right, like I mean, yeah, it's more. Yeah, I don't see okay. that as camp. All right, it's All right. camp. It's camp adjacent. How about that? Okay, that's fair. It's okay. It's not sleepaway camp. It's day it's camp. Sleepaway camp. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sleepaway camp. Now that's a weird movie. Oh my God! Don't please, we can't go down we're that not, road we're right not now. Doing that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> Have you ever no. seen that, Todd? 
Nope. Oh. Uh, actually, I, pr- I probably did at some point oh, on HBO. That's it. I mean, you want to talk about a movie that has not aged well. It's a shitty slasher, well, right? But the like, big reveal oh, is... Oh, it's... Oh. Okay. Todd, I'd like you to watch this movie. Okay. No, and, and I didn't back. like Todd. What did Todd do? <laughs> I thought we were friends. No, because you have to experience the end of this movie and go, what the fuck did I just watch? I feel like... Listen, I, I actually feel like I get enough of that on this podcast, <laughs> to be honest It's you. your generic slasher film, yeah. and then all of a sudden it takes this hard left turn, and you're just like, okay, I guess we're doing this now? Uh, well, I'm probably going to read the Wikipedia yeah, synopsis. That's, okay, that's a moving good, on. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that works, too, okay. and I want to know your reaction. Okay. Really a wonderful and perhaps the ideal way to experience that film. Got it. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> as the survivors leave, Buffy and Pike decide to finish their dance. Aww. The film ends with the couple leaving the dance on a motorcycle. A skeptical news crew headed up by Liz Smith. Yeah. Actual <laughs> Wait, news. Is she, actual oh, she is an actual. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's a gossip columnist or was a gossip columnist. She's. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's dead. <laughs> yeah. Interviews the students and the principal about the vampire attack during the credits. An after credit scene shows Amy Lynn survive the attack. But he didn't. He comes back up and he goes, ah, ah, and then he falls back over. I think it was just like his last gasp. I mean, yeah, it's half after credit scene, half gag reel, uh, but right? I, yeah. Of just like, here's some more of that thing you like. But liked. again, if the, uh, if this I mean, did it well, is the thing I liked. <laughs> if this did well, he was 100% coming back. 100%. Sure. Yeah. The rumors of my staking have been grossly exaggerated. Oh. <laughs> that's that's funnier than a lot of the jokes in this movie. <laughs> that would have been the joke in this in the yeah. sequel. All right. I I I'd, I'd be there for that. But again, yeah, I, I was good with I was good with uh, Amelin. All right. So one last thing: is it because the Vampire King has been killed that there's no vampire threat anymore? Because Buffy's just like, "Fuck off! I'm leaving." There may still be vampires here, but we're going to go to a new town now. Well, they're very careful to say, you know. And again, I, you know, the person that wrote that synopsis, right? I, I would question that local Vampire King. Um, but there, he's never presented as like the master or the ultimate vampire, right? Then like there are fucking vampires running around in this sure. town still, See, and I Buffy feel, and Pike like are is, just though. like fuck you. Uh, well, I feel like he is presented as like the most dangerous vampire of all. I mean, he is clearly older than Amalyn, and he says Amalyn was like twelve hundred years the Crusades. Old. Yeah. Yeah. How did you survive the Crusades? Yeah, that right. was funny. Right. Well, okay. Well, with that, I'm going to get us out of here by saying, and movie. Movie. Oh, so, uh, guys, well, that was that was something that we all experienced. Yeah, we did. So here's, um, here's my thing about that. this movie. Yeah. Oh, is this where Colin once again tries to tell us no, no, it's a good movie? Okay, I know, go ahead. I won't tell you it's a good movie. I'll just, this hang movie, on, hang on. This, <laughs> this movie is not a successful movie. It's not a, It's not... It's not a great movie at all, but it, it it fails in a way that is interesting to watch at times because you see what it was trying to do. You see two things it was trying to do at least, right? Camp yeah. and horror. You see the – if you know the where the show goes, you'd see the germs of those ideas – Mm-hmm. And and I think there's there is good material throughout and good performances. Like there are worse ways to spend an hour and twenty five minutes than watching this movie, right? Like you, you get something out of it. You it's interesting. In a to me, Casey, 
to to bring it once more back to our other podcast. This is like <laughs> this is like watching Final Frontier. Oh, hard disagree. No, no. Final F- Frontier is a much more fun watch than this. Now, see, Final Frontier is is a movie that fundamentally doesn't hold together, but it, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but but is interesting in what it you could, for what you see it was trying to do. Unlike, you know, a slick piece of garbage like mm-hmm. <laughs> like Into Darkness. Right, this movie is not a slick piece of garbage. This movie is you. You see the seams. You see, on, Todd. you <laughs> see, you see what somebody was trying to do, and so uh-huh. it, I, I, I enjoyed watching it not because I thought it was good, because it was interest. It was bad in an interesting way. Okay, and, now, I, Todd, and that's before different you, than before... bad in a slick and uninteresting way. <laughs> Two things I want to point out before Todd responds. Do you know which one Final Frontier is? Final Front, yes, Final Frontier is where they re. Oh no, wait. That is Kirk versus where God. They recover. Kirk wins. Oh, that's Kirk. Okay, Kirk versus God. Yeah. Kirk okay. wins. Yes. What yeah. does God need with a starship? And it's I'm a mess assuming of a the movie. next thing you're going to, I'm assuming the next thing you're going to say is that you actually liked. So I liked Into Darkness, oh, and boy. so I'm. So let's picture the scene. I'm sitting on my couch on a Saturday afternoon. I'm flipping channels because I'm not streaming because it's 1996 or whatever. Um, but I have movies from the future. I have two yeah, choices to like, watch. Hang on. <laughs> I have two choices to watch. I've got Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie or Beyond Darkness. Ten out of beyond ten darkness. times. <laughs> or beyond. Uh, All right. Here, wait, here we, here we yeah. go. Let's put it with two real movies. Yeah. Let's say you flip to one channel. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You yep. flip to another channel, and it is Contour Man. Yeah. Which one are you watching? Uh, then I'm. I guess I'm going to go find a good book. Wow. All right. And with that, why don't we ask our our guests some questions? <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, Colin, who was your favorite character? Ooh. Hmm. Ah. Oh, this is easy mm. for me. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got mm-hmm. it's got to be Evelyn, right? It's, it's oh, yeah, 100% it's yeah. Evelyn. Though I uh, will give a, sh- a special shout out. I really do enjoy David Arquette in this film. Yeah, he's super fun. I, yeah, I like, you know, David yeah. Arquette kind of got lost in the his his drug addiction problems, but he's sure. a, he's a solid good actor. He, I like. Did you see? I don't think you did, Colin, but I'm sure with Jack, you've seen the latest Scream. Oh, I've seen it. He's good. Uh, it. He's really good. Did I watch that? I did not. I watch think that, you did with Jack Wade. No. I watched oh. no. I watched the original Scream with Jack to prep for that, and then for whatever reason, Scream had already left theater. So I told Jack we'll watch it when it it's shows on. Up. It's on Paramount Plus. Okay, well, don't say that so loudly. He might hear you. I don't feel like watching it. Right. Jack, it's on. No, it's really good. It, okay, it is, right, well, it is we'll the best it. Scream movie since Scream. Oh, it is okay. very perfect. Oh, yeah, interesting. No, Call it Scream okay. because it's kind of like yeah, yeah, we did two, three, and four, but we're not going to pay attention to those so much. I like four. Yeah. Okay, so that was a okay. clean. So favorite character that was a clean sweep. We're all oh yeah, yeah, Amy, yeah. Lynn. yeah. yeah. Okay. Amy Lynn. Yes, it's Amy yeah. Lynn. Now, Colin, um, shifting from character to scene, what is the best scene in the movie? Hmm. Ooh, that's tough. That's you know, uh, yeah. Because it's it's not a film where where there are a lot of standout scenes like that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, best scene in the movie. 
I love that you made us watch this and you can't think of a, <laughs> your a best scene. I just well, want to point I, out the bullshit ne- that's going on I here right now. S- I never said we should watch it because it's a good movie. <laughs> Um, okay. Son of a bitch! <laughs> You've got a lot of bad movies. I I would be yeah. Inter- I'm not rooting for them. I would we be pull. I would be interested when you guys <laughs> reach the the end of the, the dregs, the, the absolute end when you've get, done everything, or all you're doing is the continuing stream of Marvel product because sure. everything else is good. To see, I'm okay with that. I bet <clears throat> I bet this movie will still wind up in the middle third. No, no way. No way. Oh, no sure. way. Not a chance in hell. Hard no. fucking disagree. Yeah. You, would you rather watch this movie or Spaghetti Man? First of all, Spaghetti Man was not done on That's this true. podcast. Oh, so true. up your ass right there. Would you rather watch with... this movie or Real Steel? Would you rather watch this movie or. Again, Real Steel's not in the. Are you thinking yeah. of Steel? Real Steel's Next. not in the helmet. Real Steel's not. not real it's steel. not Super Rock and Sock and Ma- Robots? Max Steel? Max Steel. That's it. Max Steel. Uh, I didn't hate Max Steel. I didn't hate Max Steel as much as I hated this movie. <laughs> 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 the only thing good about doing this movie tonight is that now this movie's behind us. And uh, I don't ever have to yeah. watch this movie again. I would um, say the only the only things that come to mind real quick are the Crow movies. I'd, I'd rather watch this than the Crow movies because I'm not going to feel like... The world is ending at the sure. end. You know, this at least ends uh, on like an The upper. Crow movies, except for the first movie. The first Crow Even movie. Even the first I, movie. I would well, watch this over the first one just because oh, it's such no, a downer no. of a movie. No. First Crow movie is. But we got enough downer stuff happening outside of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather watch stuff that doesn't make me feel horrible. To go back to your question, a movie, a, a, yes. a scene I really like in this movie is actually the scene where Benny shows up and is floating. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's, that's a good scene. Like I that's think that scene. is a scene where the where they find the balance of tone that this movie doesn't can't find elsewhere, right? Where it's yeah. sort of like he's definitely there's a it almost conjures a real threat out of it, but it's also taking the piss of like You're floating, man. You're floating, man. You're floating, man. You're floating, man. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I love it's a slow realization. Like he goes to the window. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, hang reve- on, you're at the window." It's actually a good reveal. Where he says, "You're floating," and then it, that's when it cuts back, and you see back. that he doesn't live on the ground floor. Yeah, is it a reveal pretty- or is it like I didn't want to bring it up, but if you're going to put me on the spot, yeah. then I have to point out yep. that you are yeah. in fact floating. Yeah. It's pretty great. Casey, what about you? Best scene. Best scene is Buffy versus Amy Lynn. Simply for the zinger at the end. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's a good line. Yeah. Tell me something I, you can do better than I can. Clap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I had Amelyn's uh, death scene. Yeah. But that's all right. part that's of that a great, same that's scene. That's a great line, yeah, yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And Again, I love Paul the Ruben. moment of the silent moment of um, Lothos is playing the violin and Amelyn is like, yeah, you know, and, and, and mm. Lothos just gives that look like, uh-uh, and... It all and it's all silent acting between the two of them. Yeah, but you know exactly what hap- what, what just yeah. happened. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I choose to believe that's, that he's just going. I've hated you since the Renaissance, man. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> Remember right. when you stole that loaf of bread? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, what's one scene? Well, Joe, Joe, I'm sorry. Yeah, you you said yours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colin, what's one scene you would cut? Ooh, you know the worst scene in the film is the whole. I mean, you can't. You would cut it, and the 
plot would make even less sense, of course. But the 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 worst scene, the worst scene in the film where the plot really comes off the wheel, the wheels really come off the plot is um, when Merrick dies and Lothos just walks away instead of killing her, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 it's, agree, it's just, it's, yeah. Just, it's writing backwards from a from a ending you want and not having any justification for people to do any of the things they do. Well, you you just said it, Colin, and I'm right with you. There's no scene in this movie that if you take it out, you have a better movie. So mm-hmm. unfortunately for me, the answer on this one is I don't give a shit because there's <laughs> nothing you can do to make it better this way. I don't care. Cut whatever the fuck you want. doesn't matter to me. I'm not ever watching it again. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm with Colin, though. That Yeah, that, okay. that is because I, I remember watching it today. I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, because I'd seen this movie a couple of times before, but you know, ten years ago in nineteen ninety two, not with a critical uh, eye, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and probably not with a sober one. Yeah. I seem to remember. No, no, I. This is. I was talking to Todd. Oh, oh yeah. that's true. Sure. Um, but I always conflated like the chase led to the fight in the basement that somehow like. Ended up at the dance, but then, like, when she put on the dress, I was like, oh, right, right, right. And then she's going to rip the all the lace off, and then it's going to be the, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then final question, but and I feel like this is going to be another clean sweep. Oh, uh, Colin, the actor having the most fun. Oh, it's good. Should we all say it on three? <laughs> yeah. One, two, three. Paul, Paul Rubens. Rubens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking okay. Paul Rubens. Right. Yeah. He's great Agreed. in this movie. And he's worth watching. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's nothing the else. Thing. Yeah. I mean, go find a super cut of all his scenes on YouTube. And you're good. No, you're, but you're, I mean, you're not going to be confused. Without context, <laughs> I don't think it would work. Like, I mean, I think. No, I'm serious. Without, <laughs> oh, see, without, without seeing how he understands the movie better than everybody, including the director. It might not give you as much pleasure. Um, I sorry. Okay. We need to we need to go back into the movie. I complete because I got so excited about Batman being in this film. Yeah, uh, I have a visual timestamp forty eight twenty eight. It's a establishing shot of the time clock and the scoreboard, and the guy in the purple shirt right next to the scoreboard fucking spikes the lens. Does he? Does he really? <laughs> he's he's looking this way, and then he just goes. Eh. Like, <laughs> well, is the camera still on me? You, you know, there's a deliberate, there's a deliberate fourth wall break, right? For those of you who don't know, spiking the lens is breaking the fourth wall, looking directly on the camera. Um, mm-hmm. There's a deliberate one. No, no when the vampires are attacking, it? there is a bit where where a guy totally. It's I think it's intended almost to be an homage to Bluto and Animal House. Looks straight. He's oh right, right, yeah. Camera, like, aha, I'm gonna go and eat those people. Oh, oh, with Hillary Swank, where she's like, oh, good, it looks like they're attacking her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you're right. Oh, you're right. Is there a better moment? Is bad. Is there a but? Is there a better comeuppance that's not like death for a character? Like throughout the whole movie, we just progressively hate Hillary Swank's character more and more, and her being like, "Buffy's back!" No, the monsters and Steve Root just bonk, that's just right, yeah. bonking yeah. her head into uh, the wall. Yeah, the, the, yeah, and then when she's revived on the news and she's accepting her Miss America award, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. There's, I mean, these are the funny things. I'm uh, saying there are those a lot are the jokes, of folks. funny jokes in this movie. No, I think it's we just, just listed. 
them all. I think that was all of them. Well, uh, you know what? I, I I know a great way to answer that question. The IMDb score for this movie was a hey, five point six out of ten. Yeah, Colin, all of the great jokes and everything. How do you rate this movie? Oh, I mean, it's like a maybe a six five, six point mm. five. You know, I mean, it's mm. it's really it's not a successful movie, but it's a movie that's interesting to watch. Okay, especially. Okay. I mean, but I I I. Let's do the IMDb thing, and then I want to talk more about okay. this, like the reputation of this movie <laughs> vis-a-vis. Okay. Oh, oh, we're go- we're going back to no, no. Like, I just want to okay, see, like, okay. do you think this movie would have a different reputation if there hadn't been if somebody hadn't gone back to the well and gotten it right? No, because for I, how, I think when, this did, movie when would did Buffy? Forgotten. What, what, no. When did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series, start? Five years later, nineteen ninety-seven. For five years, I remember talking about this movie in high school and middle school and be like, boy, what a weird fucking movie that was. Yeah. And, what a terrible and, and film. And that's exactly the movies that wind up being cult classics 15 years yeah, later. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking it would become like a oh, like wow. a like a room yeah, or something like that. Yeah, people would be like, this yeah. is not a great room movie, but wow. it Look at all those famous people who are now in it. It's such a weird like sure. attempt at camp. I think this movie would have a really – I'm not saying it would have – I mean, I guess it would be better in the sense that you wouldn't be comparing it to the TV series, but it it wouldn't have a reputation as a great movie, but it would have a better and different <clears throat> reputation if it, it was just its own thing. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I, I, uh, I respectively disagree. I'm going to rate this movie at a four. Oh, I think, I think a, a two. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. We were just That's so brutal. not that bad. It is. Hey, uh, on the fly editing here. Um, yeah. Can we stop doing dad's breakdown? Because it is simply just, uh, depends on your kid. That's yeah, pretty that's much fine. how then, we boil then, let, then let's just address that. Let's just say. Yeah. This is not something you should show your children because it's a terrible film. You want to show them campy vampire stuff? Show them, I don't know, show them Monster Squad. Oh, so you didn't, you didn't make the bean watch this with you? I literally made her watch the scene where the vampire does the Bluto from. <laughs> and she was like, what is happening? I said, this is the movie. This well, is, first, this I is how this movies a, used to look. But it, I also knew it was a non-starter. I'm like, so I got to watch this movie, Vump- Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She goes, Buffy the what? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So actually, it's funny. As we're kind of coming to the end of the discussion, I was thinking, I, so I did not watch this with Jack today. I was just watching it, you know, take notes. Um, but I actually wonder if Jack might enjoy. The schlockiness of this? Yes. Yeah. So. See? So so I'll say this. And actually, maybe we should keep doing this because because here's the reason why. There's nothing objectionable, right? So we talked about like you, there's no neck biting and and gore from that. Sure. Uh, the flamethrowers. Uh, do we agree with the with the rating? What is it? PG thirteen. Uh, but we yeah, said but we said a few but we said a few minutes ago that we don't think that's a great system well, anyway. So I'd rather not. You know what's really I, interesting? I'd rather just say like what's you know. I will say this: Buffy and her beginning of the film boyfriend are definitely having sex and it is not oh, a, it is not a big deal the language of cinema definitely tells them tells us they are having sex and it is not sure. treated as a big deal take that as good bad or indifferent but it's definitely yeah bad. yeah 100 they're kissing and uh, i and do it love that when he's it's, it's practically a lubich touch right where like if they had a fire yeah. mask, they'd fan to it <laughs> but i i love that like 
in the beginning of him trying to start coitus, she's still eating popcorn. It's like, oh, not this shit again. You know, I just want to watch a goddamn movie. <laughs> they're not watching a movie. They're watching the local news, which is weird. But yeah, it's before Netflix. It, yeah, I'd be yeah. like, it's it's the precursor to Netflix and chill. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. All right, so that brings us to a magical time. <laughs> I'm so scared. Now, like Casey, you, you did some work a few days ago to update our current selection in Thor's helmet with the, as of you know August 2022 movies that are available to us. So if it came out, but it's not yet, you know, available, it's not in the helmet, and uh, we have a new helmet, Colin. We have a new helmet, a little more practical. Spear and magic helmet. Deeper. It's a deeper mm. helmet, yeah. Well, sometimes you need a nice deep helmet. Oh. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, Colin, you tell me when to stop. Stop! <laughs> oh, fuck you. Oh, no. I'm oh, out. No. Uh, oh, no. Oh, it's a crow What are we watching? Right, I'm oh, not no, actually we've, out, oh, no, but we've, I'm very mad. We pulled it. We No, we made some executive decisions. We're done with the crow series. <laughs> Because we we said why keep watching them? They're just all the all the one movie. There's nothing different there. Yeah, yeah. I wish we were watching The Crow. How about that? Because oh, we are watching motherfucking Venom. Let there be goddamn carnage. Fuck oh. this shit. A movie that thinks, what if The Crow was the best movie ever? Yeah. God damn yeah. it. Venom, let Let's... there be carnage. Wow. Oh, fuck. Guys. Okay. No offense to Andy Circus, but this was a dog shit movie. Holy yeah. shit. I... That's right. Andy Circus directed that. His directing debut. Yeah. Did he it? direct it or did the studio tell him to do scenes and they'll put his name on the well, no, so on the marquee? You know, he was he was the second unit director on the Hobbit films. Yeah, that's why I'm oh, wondering I if he actually... Yeah, he was. That was his deal. He said, hey, I'll come back and play Gollum for this incredibly crucial scene, but I would like to have a career after this when they stop wow. wanting, you know. And he he was a second unit on on the well, Hobbit, which is a smart, when they stop wanting, movie. and also when he can't do it anymore. The man's in his sixties at this point. Yeah, I have hmm. no idea. He was not a young man during. I mean, is uh, it? Are we talking human years or ape years? <laughs> he should have gotten an Oscar nomination for the last first Caesar for the last. Planet of the Apes movie. You, you uh, see the I rebooting think... Planet of the Apes again? Oh, no. I mean, wait, you know, hang on. I think we, it's a terrible go idea, all these but the last okay. trilogy was so good. I don't know. Yeah, the last trilogy you, was you've great. You've seen those, those last three ones, right, Todd? No, Todd, the last one I saw so was... good. Mm, I have the, them. I'll the let first you borrow one, them. The first okay. one with, with um, Franco is Franco. is. is Good. I I, I liked that one. Good. I thought that they get I liked that one. They, oh, they, only they get so get much better, better from there. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, then maybe I need to watch those. They, okay. they go from yeah, good right. to great to a motherfucking classic. One of the best westerns ever made. Yeah, okay. One hundred percent. But with War of the Planet of the Apes is so good. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, All right. I let's guess... watch that trailer. I say either, you guys say either, I say neither, and I say neither, neither, either, neither, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Ta-da! Catch up. Excuse me. Yummy. Good 
Good evening, Eddie. Hey, Mrs. Chen. Good evening, Venom. Function hall, Mrs. Chen. He says hi. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. I've been thinking about you, eh? Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number. Because you and I are the same. Every decision we ever make. Who do we leave behind? And how do we leave them? Waiting in the darkness for the rescuer who never comes. Welcome back, Eddie Brock. It's been a long time. Miss you so much. delivery hasn't arrived yet. No! We had a deal. What's gonna happen? You gonna stop protecting me? I am happy to eat, Mrs. Chen! No, no, you cannot eat, Mrs. Chen. What? Nothing. Okay. Have so you we're seen watching this yet? Venom. Have you, have you seen this? Yes. I, I watched this a couple months ago on a whim, and I was like, oh, I, I wasted a Saturday afternoon. And here's my favorite part of it. You started it. And much like our mother, when she watched something recently, I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was Into Darkness. You were like, hey, I started Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I don't understand why you don't like this movie. And fucking radio silence. Yeah. Because you were like, I've made a huge. I've made a huge, terrible mistake. (laughs) Yeah. I've made a huge, tiny mistake. I haven't seen it. Is it a total shit show? It is. Yeah. Not only is is it a shit show. It is a shit show towards the character Carnage, who I don't give two fucks about. Wait. But Carnage and uh, what's the fuck's his name? Cletus, uh, is Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy. That, uh, Cletus Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy. They practically want to fuck each other in the comics. They are so symbiotic. And in the movie, they are constantly fighting. And I'm like, no, you're not understanding the basic point of this character venom and brock fought all through the first movie we should have had them be like boom we are simpatico and we are gonna kill people and so they fought most of the movie and then in the end (laughs) fuck this movie right up the asshole all right speaking of um doing something to that movie do you want to take a guess at the imdb rating for venom let there be carnage Mm, um Three. <laughs> now I'm I'm betting I'm betting it is unjustifiably higher than this film. Now, which movie would you rather watch again? Uh, I'd rather watch Buffy. The, no, I'd rather watch Buffy the Vampire oh, Slayer. Okay. Fuck this movie. Uh, I'm so mad. So it's a little. Is there a better? Is there a better illustration of my thesis of interesting failure versus slickly made garbage? No, Thank you. I thought you. Were, 
Thank you. I thought you. I I'll thought take, you were going to ask. Another trophy. Anytime you guys yeah. want to oh, get me one. God, but, see, now now I'm really now I'm going to fight dirty next year for uh, <laughs> nerd debate because I will not allow this to happen to us again. Well, the, um, wait. Way. Is there anything I else? Thought you is were there anything say, else? I have tried to get you to put in the, the helmet that you haven't. No, it's all in there. Did you put Powerpuff Girls in there? Yeah, it's in yeah, there. Oh, Power, yeah, Rangers Power Rangers is in there. Power Rangers in there. So wait, Todd. Yeah, yeah. I, we never got, not we never got Todd's, up in there. Todd's not a, argument about why Buffy isn't a superhero. Yeah, because we need your argument too for why it is. You because the, the burden she, of proof because, is on you because she's this person with superpowers and the hero's no. journey and a mentor who fights monsters and saves people. Nope. And also nope. has been in a shit ton of comics. No, no, because it doesn't matter about comics. It's got to be a superhero movie. And I would suggest that although there are things that exceed what humans can do, the, 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 there's, there's no other superheroes in the world. This is, this is a, a riff on There's no other superheroes in most of the movies you've made. Are there any other superheroes in Superman the movie or Batman or almost any movie before the MCU comes around? But in all of those movies, the protagonist is clearly identifies as a superhero. And I don't mean like as a specific IP or property so or character, but can I wait, can I just step in here again and say I'm yeah. really fucking pissed we're doing <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. in So interestingly, I mean so the the, the S word actually gets yep. dropped obviously in Buffy the show. So am I right. am I right. back writing from that? Would oh, I yeah, would 100%. I be making this argument if the there hadn't been the show? I, I, I mean I would also say that the show is not a superhero show, right? It the the fact that someone's a hero doesn't mean that it's a superhero story. So where does Blade this is fit not into a, this? Why is Blade a superhero and Buffy? Blade's isn't? a superhero be, well because because Blade comics? exists in this. Yes, well, but not yeah. in the movies. Oh, in the movies, there's no there's no larger Shh. comics context. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know what? Maybe if. Maybe if Blade was an original, so I'll say this: if Blade was an original story that did not come from Marvel Comics, you probably then I would probably say it wouldn't it wouldn't go in the helmet. Yeah, that may I probably, say I'm also not looking forward to watching those movies. Wait, oh, have Blade's you not watched a, any of the Blade's, Blade movies yet? No, I've watched all three of them, no, I mean, and I for the show, not no, yet. Somehow we have not pulled. Wait a yeah, the first two Blade movies are fucking dope. The first Blade movie is dope. Agree. The second Blade movie is a Guillermo del Toro <laughs> movie. That's yeah. not winning any arguments with me. Well, it's a great <laughs> movie. Yeah. It's right. totally well, banana pancakes, but it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, okay. On that note, why don't we uh, wrap things up here, gentlemen? <laughs> okay. Hey, Colin. Yeah. If people were to uh, want to find you on social media, where could they find you? Well, should you, they wish to, and should you wish to be found? I'm on Twitter at role of Colin Ryan, but the best place to find me online is by hopping over to a different podcast feed and hearing the podcast I do with Casey and oh, our that's mother me. called <laughs> Where No Mom Has Gone Before, where we recap and relive and regurgitate every... Mm. <laughs> no, we, 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 we've been talking about every theatrical Star Trek film. and All available yeah. now. All available now on Paramount Plus. It's a lot of fun. No, uh, no, all available now on the Night Shift Radio. <laughs> oh, yes, by the time all, this episode comes out, by the time this episode comes Beyond out, Beyond will be out. The, the final, our our thirteenth and sort of final episode will be out. Well, after today's news, I don't That's know right. if Star Trek Four is happening. Four just uh, just took a big hit, folks. But um, 
lost the director. But uh, yeah, it's a really fun thing. And if you like me yelling what my big <laughs> thesis theory is, then you're going to um, love that too. Yeah, you do do that a lot. <laughs> hey, Casey, where can folks find you on said interwebs? Oh, you know, I'm over on the uh, cesspool that is Twitter at not Ryan Casey on the less cesspooly uh, Instagram at not dot Ryan Casey. Um, how about you, Todd? Yeah, very easy. Um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the handle at TMP in SYR. Uh, I occasionally write some stuff at, over at a blog, TMP and SYR.com. If none of the ways we just said are, are how to get in touch with us work for you, uh, you can also email the podcast directly at superpodherocast at gmail.com because... Only Cap writes letters. Tony. Music for the podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. So that'll do it for the Super Pod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Colin Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And for Casey Ryan, I'm Colin Ryan. And I've been your moderator, Dan Ryan. Be heroic. Be heroic.